King Gates, New Orleans Savior. What up, Tony Bruno? You're now listening to the finest sports radio show. You're now tuned to the Tony Bruno Show. What you don't know about sports, Tony Bruno knows. Hot sports radio. Let's talk about today. Plays, news, headlines. And what's an outrage? What up Wednesdays? We got hockey action, yo. Flyers, Phillies, Sixers, Eagles, Hall of Famers come and go. Let's Robin get the corkscrew. Tim, tell Tony that he's my favorite sports team. Bring the wood. Step to the plate. Just like the NBA, we going hard in the paint. Million dollar voice, you heard him on John Madden. He's bald like the Eagles, you're an honorary captain. Download the podcast, follow on Twitter. Wanna sports radios, legendary figure. afternoon good evening to all the women children he the they them us we welcome it is monday january 6th merry christmas everybody (laughs) merry christmas well it's been a while since we've been on i've been on a i'm like congress except i didn't take 17 consecutive days off for the holiday sojourn we come back you know we've been on we did the show yesterday at right. told man joe's the final edition of countdown to kickoff as the philadelphia eagles and i'd like to thank first of all as you know we're very thankful on the show robin tony bruno miss robin here all of you regulars here on twitch.tv thank you for joining us again all of you newcomers welcome you know the, the thing about this show that i love doing you know because we're not making we're not becoming millionaires doing this we're not doing it for free but it's a way I that we started there. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear uh, that? Yeah, I heard it, Eric. I heard it, Congressman. You just go worry about it. And go, uh, go have another. That was burrito. D. Conrad's new walk. I like that one. Was that Eric Swalwell? I don't know. Anyway, the thing about this show. Do you, you... want to play rough? Okay. No, that, that's. Say hello to my little friend. Jadavian Clowney, you don't need to come back. Okay. I mean, you got a little you rough yesterday. Rough? Okay. You took out the Eagles. I'm gonna turn those down just a little bit. You took out the Eagle quarterback. Yeah, I don't think it was a dirty play. I think it was obviously a penalty. And again, I'm not crying the blues. The Eagles weren't good enough. The Seattle Seahawks, as I suggested yesterday after that game. By the way, I not only want to thank the Eagles, I want to thank the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, and of course, the Who Dat Nation. This is such a crock of shit. No, this is just the facts as you want to hear them. Just think of me as the Ricky Gervais of sports talk and information. I'll say things that other people are afraid to say. I will say things that make some people uncomfortable, not because I want you to be uncomfortable, but because I know you will be uncomfortable when I say things that other people are afraid to say. I'm not running for political office. I'm just having fun. I have fun on Twitter, at Tony Bruno Show. I have fun every single day of my life. 
The problem is too many people are just so overwhelmed and overcome with worrying about things that they have no control over that they don't have they don't take a time to step back and just enjoy life. You can't be consumed every single day with negative stuff. That's why you come here for your fun negative stuff and positive stuff. Anyway, welcome everybody. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the top story is not the playoffs from yesterday. We will get into that in the next couple of hours. The top story is Jerry Jones, ladies and gentlemen, stealing the thunder of the entire National Football League. Just when you thought it was safe to start thinking about the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which commenced this weekend, and we'll get into that also, Jerry Jones, in the darkness of night, realized one thing, Miss Robin. You know what he realized? What did he realize? People have been waiting an entire week to find out whether or not Jason Garrett had been fired from his job. I know. And I I thought he was fired last week, and then there were meetings, and then there were another meeting, and then they'd leave, and Jerry would leave, and Jason would leave, and then they'd get back together again another day. It was without question the longest, I'm going to fire your ass, maybe I'm not going to fire your ass, meeting of the minds in not only sports history, but in any job application or termination process that I can remember. So here's what happened last night while you were sleeping and while you were sleeping off your sorrows of the New England Patriot fans losing and the dynasty finally ending. The Buffalo Bills fans tasting it, getting ready to go out to Home Depot and buy more folding chairs, folding tables for their next tailgate. Sorry, Home Depot sales and Lowe's sales will be going down for the Buffalo Bills Mafia. Again, I'm not picking on them. I thought they played a great game and had a great season. I didn't root for any of these teams. I mean, obviously, I'm an Eagles fan, but I, I'm an actual realistic Eagles fan who knew that sooner or later you can't go to war. This isn't the 300 where the Eagles are going to go out there with a bunch of ragtag guys that have remarkably fi- been finding ways to win against inferior opponents over the last four weeks, and all of a sudden they were going to take on they were Sparta. The Eagles were not going to pull Sparta and win a Super Bowl this year, Robin. Is that a good analogy? That is a good analogy, yes. Because they were, over, they were overmatched, right? Especially now you're in the playoffs. You're playing better teams. You're not playing, you know, teams in your own division, which underachieved all year. Well, and also, I mean, the the people that were out was astronomical. But that's what I'm saying. In the movie Sparta, with the painted-on yes. abs that became so famous. Yeah, we did. I love those. I love the painted-on abs. I should do that to you sometime. you got to lose about 10 pounds first right here. Even with, even if you, you know, all those guys didn't have, like, really un- incredible abs. That was all painted on crap. That was good spray paint, by I the way. I spray paint. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's the artist. That's oh. all you need. You're a good artist. So, anyway, oh, to me, God. the Eagles. Yes. The Ooh. Eagles were what's-his-face. Oh, That's me doing that to the 300. Oh. Sparta. Exactly. Sparta! The Eagles weren't Sparta. They weren't Sparta Kiss. That's Corey Booker. They were basically David, David and Goliath. Sparta's a good, a better comparison because Russell Wilson is just an absolutely Jerry, jo- uh, Jerry Jones. Jeffrey Lurie 
upon leaving Lincoln Financial Field last night, should have just given him a nice embossed piece of paper saying to you, Russell Wilson, I am now Jeffrey Lurie. I hand you a 1% stake of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. You are as much of an owner of this team as any of the other slap dicks with lots of money who just want to sit in a luxury box because they say they know Jeffrey Lurie and they give him a lot of money and want to pal around with him, which is what happens everywhere when you're a rich billionaire who owns an NFL team. You get your buddies in. You give them a little piece of the action. They put up some money. Russell Wilson has earned. He doesn't have, he's like, he should be like Michael Jordan in the NBA. Becomes general manager and part owner of a team by name only without putting a dime in of his own money as an investor. And that's a great deal if you can get it. Who doesn't want to become part owner of a successful franchise without having to put any of their own money up? Russell Wilson didn't have to put any of his own money up. He comes into this city as many times as he has, and he leaves owning the Philadelphia Eagle franchise. And no matter who he loses, he's lost guys. His running game's not the same. But you know what he had, and that's why the Eagles lost? He had elite receivers who knew that all they had to do was run down the field and he would be able to get them open for easy catches against the Eagles' secondary. One of the Achilles' heels of this team. They played well, but then yesterday when it all mattered, they couldn't make stops. And yes, Carson Wentz was knocked out of the game and there should have been a flag. And the NFL, even though Sean Smith and Ed Hockley's son are two guys that somehow, some way, are actual NFL referees. Now, we all know, for those of you who follow this, the, you don't just get, you don't apply to become an NFL official. You know, you start as a back judge, yes. a side judge, a line judge. So all seven guys out there, they're, they're basically auditioning for the right to move up the food chain, be an NFL official. You don't just come out of high school and pop Warner and say, no, I'm going to get a job. Yeah, it's, it's a hard job. And there's seven people out there, and then what happens? You move your way up the food right. chain. And, and Sean Smith. You have to wait until somebody retires. And, that and, and there was a bunch, bunch of retirements period, right. in the last couple of years. Because even, even Ed Hockley got tired of flexing out there every week. <laughs> and he gets older, and a lot of guys get older and say, hey, you know what? I've done this a long time. And well, by the way, many of these guys already have other jobs. Right. It's not, this is, these are part-time jobs. And it's not like they get paid. They get paid asked- very, very well as, as officials. Referees get paid well, Robin. They're not making twenty five dollars a game no, to go no, out no, there. No, 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 no. That's the cheerleaders, and they gladly will take the twenty five or fifty dollars that comes with being a cheerleader in the NFL because that too, you're looking for a way to perhaps advance your career somehow. My point is, Sean oh, Smith and yeah. Ed Hockley's son are now NFL referees, and they should not be allowed to officiate. Pop Warner games. They shouldn't be allowed to watch NFL games. Yet somehow in the NFL system, and again, I'm not blaming the officiating for the Eagles losing yesterday. I'm not blaming them for losing or costing the Eagles the game. The penalty wasn't called, and it should have been. By the way, I do have the What is the that coming actual, out of my mouth there on the picture now? Is that like I think you're shooting water, either water shooting it, into your mouth. Am I spitting water or am I like I don't know. Is it's it a, because I'm spitting lightning? Yes. And, and, I'm spitting game. It's a it's a SpongeBob reference. I love for, it. But but um, that's beside the point. I have as of <laughs> the last contract in um, 
We have an NFL My contract update. Update, update. Yes, the NFL referees they start off. What's the starting now? Because I, you know, now I'm retired. I make a, I got a couple hours open on Sundays. I mean, instead of hosting countdown to kickoff, I could be out there with the striped shirt throwing flags on every down so that the people who pay money to go watch the games in in stadia or the people sitting at home or the people in parking lots getting drunk, I could do just as good a job as Sean Smith. I think you could do a better job considering last night's game. Well, thank you, Robert. um, And it's not a bad gig, as you said. Oh, yeah. NFL refs. When they start off, they start off at an average of $173,000. That's like what a congressperson gets. And then they move up and they make um, an average of $205,000 for the season. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah. 16 games. Now, of course, they have they do stuff in training. Listen, I'm not here to do to rip officials. It's a hard job. And But, but it's not just me, and it's not the Eagles, and the, the Eagles lost a game because of Sean Smith and his inept crew. The problem with Cruz, the problem with Sean Smith and Ed Hockley Jr., whatever is Sean Hockley, I think his name is, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Ed Hockley's yeah, son. It's both of them are Sean. He handed him the weights and said, son, time for you to go out there and flex and get out there on Sundays and make yourself a part of the game, even though you're really not supposed to be a part of the game. In fact, when you're a great official, people don't even know that you're there. That's the part. You never know. If you don't, understand, if you don't see the officials there, and they don't play any part of the game. Unfortunately, you know, fans are now, because of gambling and all the other stuff, fans get so worked up. Whenever there's a call, they worry about, oh, my God, that's going to cost me the over because well, I bet okay, on the game. That's not what you were – you were worked up yet last night. I was worked up because you I don't like last- to see any game. Forget about because I'm an Eagle fan and I'm watching the Eagles and they're trying to hang in there and finally beat the Seattle Seahawks, and they weren't good enough. It's that simple. Sean Smith did not cost the Eagles the game. The Eagles' secondary inability to cover, the Eagles' defensive line inability to put pressure and stop Russell Wilson, who was the most remarkable quarterback I've seen in 50 years in the NFL. There have been some great, great quarterbacks. There's been no one like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is, I like, I hate this term, but he's a generational talent because you look at him. He's not a big guy. He doesn't have a good offensive line. He didn't have running backs. He's got receivers that they throw out there and they turn into superstars because they all play together because Russell Wilson sees the field better than anybody. He knows how to escape and not Mm -hmm. get hurt. He got sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. 48 times he got hit. How many times did he leave the game? And so this goes back to the the argument that other radio stations and everybody else I'm sure will be doing all week, not just all week. If you're here in Philadelphia and you do local uh, sports talk, I know. It which, started gra- within seconds. which gratefully I don't do anymore. And again, that's their job. I'm not knocking people who have to do their jobs, but their jobs to make the phones ring. And basically, they know that they'll get another week of nonstop. Carson Wentz is either he's fragile, he, he can't stay healthy, he's, uh, he's injury prone. Nick Foles should have been here, even though the Nick Foles stuff should have been put to bed when Nick Foles. Also I, who, got injured. Who, who I love got hurt in his first game with the Hello? Jacksonville Jaguars and may not even be there next. They're going to try to find a way to get – do you think they want to pay Nick Bowles in Jacksonville now that Gardner Minshew just... has proven that he's a, a reliable NFL starting quarterback? No, that's not how it works. So it's not about Nick Foles. But, again, I'm not even going to get into any of this stuff because I'm not somebody who has to sit here and beg for phone calls to make sure that I can do a show where we could just – Put it on automatic pilot 
and have people call in and suggest that Carson Wentz is injured. And the, the thing about fans doing this, I get fans coming up with their own conclusions of, oh, Carson Wentz is injury prone. Oh, Nick Foles should have been here. They never should. You, I'm seeing, like, Brandon Stokely, who was some hayseed Cajun swamp creature who played in the NFL for many years, 15 years, and now is a analyst. Yeah. I hate to use air quotes, though. You so now, Brandon Stokely, let me finish, okay. Ron, please. Brandon Stokely goes oh, on Twitter. Yeah. Now, he should know better. He played receiver for 15 years in the NFL, right? You think if you played the game and you run out and catch passes from quarterbacks in the National Football League, you would understand that a guy getting hit on the back of the helmet as he's going forward, getting hit by another helmet, into his back. It does not mean that that player is injury prone, Brandon. Maybe when you got hit by them gators down there in the swamps down there in Louisiana, Lafayette, when you down there getting some life, you know, grabbing there, putting that hook in the water with a big piece of meat on it, and you pull up that gator, and then you take out your, your clock, and you blow his brains out, and you pull that thing in there, and you put your teeth back in, bring that gator out. You should know better than that, Brandon Stokely. I don't know how anybody would employ a foot. I get people ripping morons who just have a job on radio and don't watch football, don't know the game, but because they have a radio show or a blog or a podcast, hint, hint, know more than, I don't know more than anybody else, but I do know football because I've been following it for 50 years. Do I know all the intricacies? No. Do I break down film like Brian Baldinger? Or other guys who who know the game because they played, especially offensive linemen and quarterbacks. Dan Orlovsky up at ESPN does a great job. But the problem with guys like Dan Orlovsky and, and Baldy is that there are still people out there who think they know more than those guys about the sport that they play their entire lives. Yeah. And that's why that's why I have more of a problem with the Brandon Stokelys and another guy who went from rising star to just pretty much spent and Wasted away, and that was Danny Cannell, former Florida State quarterback, was a rising star, was at ESPN, then he went to Fox Sports 1, and now he's doing some satellite show that nobody listens to. And you know why, Danny? Not because you, you don't know what you're talking about, but because you have basically gone from, I'm going to help people understand the game and talk about the intricacies of football because I played quarterback in college and in the NFL for a couple of years. So my job is to, A, be good at what I do, know what I'm talking about, convey stuff that the average fan doesn't know, and then have fun doing it. But, 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 but this guy takes his rising star status and decides that the only way he's going to separate himself from the rest of the rising star young former athletes who transition to sports talk and TV analysts, uh, analysis is to become a shock jock. And when Danny Cannell went from analyst to shock jock, he pretty much, to me, this fits why he's falling down the food chain. Now, listen, I was in the food chain for a long time, and so I'm not even in the food chain anymore. I'm sort of like the dessert after you have a nice meal. You know, you want that little bit of a, a nosh, and You want maybe a little something sweet, maybe a nice cappuccino, maybe a nice cannoli, like at the wedding we went to on Saturday night for my second cousin twice removed and all the great family and friends. Oh, you got it right. Whatever it is. Once bitten, twice to shy. It wasn't. Once removed. Anyway, the bottom line is this. I'm not not here to rip other people. 
I respect people. I respect people who accomplish things, who know what they're talking about. And, but the thing about doing this or doing any kind of talk show or blog or anything else is to hear other people's opinions. And I, when somebody has an opinion that's different from mine, I don't call them names. If somebody comes at me on Twitter and starts calling me names, first of all, people I don't even know, and this should apply to everybody, somebody you don't know and you agree with and you see them on Twitter, I'm not talking about politicians. Politicians are fair game. Politicians who go on Twitter, regardless of their party affiliation, uh -huh. they're on there for one reason, because they're trying to get people to be on their side. I don't have a side to be on. I'm not running for political office. I'm not a politician. My opinions are just as valid as anybody else's. And that's the problem with social media and the world in which we live today, Robin, is that you give an opinion, and when somebody disagrees with it, who doesn't even know you, know your background, anything about what you've ever accomplished in life, they immediately determine, because they don't agree with you, that you, therefore, are worthless, a has-been, who are you? You know, I get that. Oh, who are you? I'm just like you. Another schmuck on social media who gives an opinion. But the problem today in the world of opinion is if it's not my opinion. See, and I don't play that. I don't talk down to people. I don't tell people my opinion is more learned than theirs. I give my opinion. You disagree, you disagree. That's fine. That's why it's called discourse. That's why it's called a difference of opinions. Yes. People can't have difference of opinions anymore. But you because do my have... opinions are based what I believe by absorbing information that I see as factual. I don't listen. To, don't give me the Fox News and MSNBC. The people who are brainwashed by political rhetoric every single day, they have either a vested interest in either political party or they're just sore losers or they're just people who want to run for office. There's a, I guarantee you, if you look at a lot of people on Twitter who you don't know and you click on their, their, their pages, they're aspiring candidates for office. Yeah, they want to yeah, run that, for that's DA. That's true, that's true. And like, when I rip the mayor in this city, I don't want to be mayor. <laughs> yeah, and I, when, I, when I come after the mayor, here's the reason. Because Why don't you go after Trump? Because the rest of the world is going after Trump, okay? I don't have control over what Trump does. What any politician, Nancy Pelosi, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and worry about those people. Their, their job is to protect us, first and foremost. I go after our mayor because I live here, I pay taxes here, and he represents me. And so he affects my everyday life. How do we transition from... I'm, no, I'm just pointing out the difference okay. of opinion story here, Robin. Okay. Because well, a lot of people don't know me, and when, they, and when they're listening for the first time, I want them to know... I have no political access to grind. I don't give a crap about Republicans or Democrats. No. But that's the that's number true. one. You will call out both sides. That's the, that's the number one thing that makes Twitter a toxic wasteland is the fact that people go on there instead of having fun. Most of my tweets are about fun. Most of the stuff I do on this show, and I've always done in 50 years on the air, is based on serious things I handle seriously, frivolous things I handle frivolously. If I don't have fun... Doing this, I'm not going to have fun talking about war and worrying about, uh, you know, like I did when I was a kid and have to jump under school tables because we thought the Russians were going to nuke us. I don't want to live in that world where I'm worried about, oh, my God, we're going to have, there's going to be a war. Relax. Relax. If there's going to be a war, don't worry. You'll find out quickly. And there's nothing you can do to stop it.
Do you want to go out and protest a war that doesn't even exist? Go right ahead. It's America, the greatest place on earth. So there's nothing wrong with having different opinions. And the, and the actual proof of that is what happened at the Golden Globes last night. We're going to get to that later because, it to me, there are two things this weekend that really, really, really were uncomfortable moments. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about the two most uncomfortable things that happened. You know, it's sort of like what, what Scotty Van Pelt does on SportsCenter with the bad, you know, with the bad beats where teams with the point spreads, and they do, they do a great job with that. Bad beats. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad beats, not just in sports for gamblers like me. I didn't gamble, but I picked the two, I picked the two winners on Saturday. And then on Sunday with the NFC on my stone-cold locks, You're... I was wrong on both sides. Yep. And so what am I going to do? Go cry and hide and, and complain about penalties and calls and officials? No. Now, here's a question, though. If Carson Wentz had not been injured, do you think he would have been able to pull it out? I don't know. I think they would have had a better chance. Listen, Josh McCown, anybody who's ripping the guy for being emotional afterwards, if you saw his post-game so press, did you see his press conference, Robin? You didn't watch it. I didn't I was watch watching it. it. At the end of the press conference, he was just basically grateful for a chance to get the play in a playoff game for the first time in his 17-year career. And at the end of his statements, he was saying, you know what? He started He started breaking up again, saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad that I've had 17 years and I've had a loyal wife and family that move with me every single place that I've been on all these different teams, and they were here with me again today on a chance, my first and probably only chance, that I'll get to play in an NFL playoff game. And there are a lot of athletes and a lot of people in all walks of life, you know, who work hard, go to mm-hmm. different jobs, whether it doesn't have to be an athlete. You know, you're, you move. You're in the military. You have to move your family. Yeah. And it's your tough. family has to decide whether or not they, they support you. And he, that, I was breaking up last night in the office watching this. I, know, I was reading about it, and I was reading that not only did he break up there, but he broke up. Well, he broke and, up immediately yeah. on the field because he felt he let his team yeah. down and wasn't capable. Oh, and so, to me, th- those are the kinds of stories that I like. You know, Josh McCown, no one thought. It, everything's not going to be Nick Foles comes in and then saves the day and everybody wins. This isn't Hallmark movies. There's not always a happy ending, okay? This isn't a, a fairy tale where, you know, oh, poor they lived the downtrodden guy ever. gets a chance. He comes out. He has a bum suit on, and they give him, they give him a haircut. And they shave him up and put him in the, yeah. the CEO and there's chair. Always, and there's always the bullies, <laughs> the token bullies. Exactly. That, you know, have made fun of him when he was a young kid. And then he can show them when he gets older. And he's gone through everything. And he has those supportive friends. No, but that's, that, that's the kind of stuff that I see. That I think Josh McCown, I mean, he showed some signs there. And they looked like they were going to move. But Seattle, he can't run. He's 40 years. And there's a lot of 40-year-olds that can run. But when he was thrown into that situation, to me, it's more of a condemnation of the fact that the guy who's been sitting there for the last few years, and he's a nice guy, too. We're talking about the fact that the Eagles had to use Josh McCown and didn't have a third quarterback ready. The guy who's been there for years who wasn't even dressed yesterday. I know. Why did they make that decision? Because Josh McCown's a veteran guy, and he and Carson Wentz and, 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 uh, and the coach were all on the same wavelength. They all were quarterbacks. Doug Peterson was a quarter, a backup oh, yeah. quarterback, all right? Still, it was kind of a strange McCown was Josh McCown was a backup quarterback and a guy who was a trooper and a warrior, whatever you want to call him, for all these years on all these different teams. Unfortunately, in this case, when Wentz got hurt, 
Josh McCown was not ready to be Nick Foles. Yeah. And the cast of characters, by the way, Foles, remember, had a great cast of yeah. characters. And all these people like Danny Cannell and all these other slap dicks who, who, who are mediocre at best in the NFL, sitting and passing judgment about Carson Wentz being injury prone. The guy played an entire season. He played most of his first season. He played 14 games in the season they went to the Super Bowl. And he played a bunch of games last year coming back from a major knee injury. They don't look at all the situations and reasons why. They look for excuses right. to bash Carson yeah. Wentz. And so what it's does that the, do to Carson Wentz? That's a that puts him in a position where he has to feel extra pressure mm -hmm. because he can't worry. The one thing I criticized Carson Wentz, and we were talking about yeah. it during the game, Russell Wilson was, an, uh, was a Major League Baseball prospect right. as well as an NFL prospect. And so what Russell Wilson has learned, and a lot of kids do this. You go to Little League and you watch kids play you know, when they're starting to play baseball, they don't know how to slide. You know, it's awkward. Some people are afraid to slide. They worry about, you know, the, I, when I was playing baseball, I was always afraid, I was afraid to slide feet first. And you'll really? see majorly because you don't, you think that it's not comfortable for most people. You have to learn how to do it. See, it's not I've something it that comes naturally, though, You know Robin. why? I wonder why I, because when I slide, I slide feet first. And I don't know, it, it, for me, the idea of going head first is way more intimidating because you're landing on your... But it's a mindset. Yeah, I know. It's a mindset. Like, for example, you'll see a lot of baseball players who are really fast and really good, and they think when they're running down the first baseline, they'll dive and get to first base f faster right. because it's ingrained in their heads. But the fact of the matter is you don't get to first base faster right. if you dive. Now, if you just keep running on a straight line. But so quarterbacks like Russell Wilson... Is so he is so good at sliding feet first and avoiding the big hits, yeah. and he still gets hit and he kept, keeps on coming up because he's he's smart enough to move around and avoid big hits. Yet he still gets hit. Now, is the idea multiple that times. in football you're trying to get just that extra that extra foot or that extra yard that if they go head first that they're going to be that much far? I guess closer? I don't know the mindset. I didn't I, like. I, I, I it took me a while to learn how to slide feet first. For me, it was the, ice skating. You know, that's I'm just realizing. Well, when you do a that, header, you don't do a no, feet first. No, when your when you're, when you're ice skating, you? when you're ice skating and you go to stop, you slide. You turn no, you don't. Slide. You just turn. No, no, no. You turn slide. If you're going really, really fast, you, you've never gone that fast Robin, on ice I'm, skates. I'm a terrible ice skater, <laughs> I but know. I learned one thing. Same thing with skiing. I was I, when I learned how to ski. The hardest thing is to stop. Yes. And you know, you know, the easiest way to stop when you're skiing. You completely turn sideways right. and put your skis exactly. on edge, and that's so. And that's how kind of when you like I, spray snow, like hockey players right. when they're skating up and down the ice. Exactly, they just turn and the skis skate when, sideways and blow snow up in the air. When I'm playing softball, that's how I slide. Like I mean, you're not supposed to slide in softball, but I still do it anyway uh, because well, the it's bitches fun. do. I mean, uh, when the chicks are sliding <laughs> with those nice, firm, thick, thick. Yes, but I turn, bottoms. I turn kind of sideways and slide on my the side of my butt buttocks. So I'm not. I don't want to fall on my tailbone. I kind of you kind of do the slide and you slide, and it's exactly like you're stopping on ice skates and skiing. All right, enough about the sliding. The Russell Wilson is to me a generational player and a class act, and he's impossible to root against. You don't hear me rooting against Russell no. Wilson when I'm no. watching the Eagles play him. He's impossible to dislike. I don't even think I. Well, no, I I did hear once where you said get him. Well, yeah, because not because I wanted him hurt. I didn't say. Put a helmet in and break his leg like some people I'm sure are screaming in this town. I'm saying I'm yelling at the defense. Remember, they sacked him six times in their first meeting on November 24th, and then they barely got to him because he's an amazing talent. Okay. And because Are you hot, by the way? No, I'm good. Oh.
So it's just me. Right, turn, you can have the fire, fake fireplace on because they do it at the Olympics, at the Winter Olympics when it's not a real fire anymore. Just a nuisance. <laughs> Good thing about these fake fireplaces, you don't have to have the heat part on. Yeah, no, I'm turning the heat part off. You just have the fake off. fireplace to make it look I'm like. I'm sitting right. People are cute and they're like, um, who is it that always asks me, your fireplace isn't on. Yes, it is. It is on and it was even on with the heat. And I'm sitting right next to it and I'm dying. John, John from Abington got it. You mean like those Serena Williams thighs? Yes. Those thick. are thick. When I say thick, I mean with two C's, and that's good, a good thick. Not just a Alan Thick <laughs> or his son. Alan Thick is no longer with us. Right. Great talent. Robin Thick. Robin Thick. Thick is good. Let me repeat. I have thick you're, you're thighs. You're sort of thick. Yeah. I have thick thighs. I want them skinny legs. I don't want the women with they, skinny they, legs they're not at quite all. As Joe Tex once said. They need to be a little bit more toned, but they get my, my legs get toned pretty easily because. Why? Well, and I think if you have a lot of muscle mass in your legs when you're younger, they're ready. They're like ready and waiting. <laughs> it's my arms that are not as thick. I don't have thick arms. Don't have. No, a lot you have thick arms, Robin. No, I don't. Ha I don't yeah, have a lot thick. of power in my arms. No, but that doesn't mean they're not thick. Okay, well, you know they're what I'm saying. These my arms are now thick for the wrong reasons, <laughs> unfortunately. There's good thick and there's bad. Yeah, thick. This, these these are. But this brings me to a song, Robert. I, right. It came to mind. Let me play the first song of this uh, new week, new generation. When I think about thick, I always think about the great Joe Tex and this classic from back in the day. Come on, girl, sing it, Joe. Say it, man. Say it, man. Don't walk ahead of that woman like she don't belong to you. Yeah. Just cause her got them little skinny legs. You know that ain't no way. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> you didn't act like that when you had it home behind closed doors. Damn right. All right. It's Joe Tex, classic. Like skinny legs and all. Don't, Don't you worry about a damn you. thing at all, baby. That's all right. There's someone you somewhere out on, there. Baby. And here you go, Robert. Let's sing along now. Don't, Don't worry about a doggone thing at all. Because there's someone somewhere out here who'll take you skinny legs and all. Come on, baby. You don't have to be thick. Somebody will want them skinny legs. You've got skinny legs. Oh, yeah. Now, wait. Who the woman with the skinny legs? Yeah, about you. Stand right there, baby. I'm going to give you away in a minute. Come on, somebody please take the lady with the skinny legs. I don't know. Now, y'all know the lady with the skinny legs got to have somebody too now. Damn right. Not anymore, she don't. Yeah. No, you know. Listen, wait. I ain't no fool. I don't want no woman with skinny legs. Like a male lady with skinny legs makes it happen. <laughs> no skinny. So, Tony, you know that saying. The bone is for the dog. The meat is for the man. You damn right. Hey, Leroy! Time. Richard Dank, Ph.D. on the Twitch stream. Time Life presents inappropriate songs of the 60s and 70s. <laughs> oh, yes. 
Yes, uh, yes. Don't you worry about a doggone thing at all. At least he said doggone. Yeah. Now it would be goddamn thing at all. Or even worse. Now, I was the one that was inappropriate last night regarding Golden Globes. Yeah, Robin was actually watching the Golden Globes. Well, I didn't. I wasn't planning. I didn't watch it at first. But then we heard the controversy. It wasn't a controversy. Well, everybody was making a controversy. Well, because all the all the people who get easily triggered. I got to read. I'll read it later because I want to get back to the meat of the sports. Let's get it back to sports. But. The, go- the, the Golden Globes and a sporting event had something in common over the weekend, and I will explore that on this show today. Plus, Miss Robin coming up, which is why you don't really want to leave the show. A, we don't take a break. I can't even go pee because yeah, we just continue. No, I just keep doing I'm not Luigi. He runs and pees in the middle of a show. When I sit down, I'm here for the distance. I go the distance. I'm going for speed. So anyway, we keep it going. Yes. Plus, we give you updates. That's why this show... Of all the shows that you can listen to on Twitch, and there's a lot of great content out there. You know, it's all about providing content that people like. And if you don't like the content, you don't watch it or listen to it or read it. Exactly. That's how it works but in the world of logic. to get this content, you have to – well, you don't have to. We are everywhere. But to be fully integrated, to support the show, and for us to be able to see your comments, for Tony to be able to read the comments on his little screen, you have to be on twitch.tv forward slash Tony Bruno show. That is the only way that you are truly supporting the show by following. And then if you like it so right. much that you want to be able to see the archive shows or pull up any of the highlights and stuff like that, then you can also subscribe. And by subscribing for either free, if you are an Amazon prime member, right? Well, how many other places give you a free chance sh- to subscribe? Like nowhere. Nobody. But if you are an Amazon prime member, because I think like 90% of the population in the entire freaking world is an Amazon prime member because you get free shipping for everything, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, then you can also get your Twitch. You combine the two, um, and there's a red button underneath our info page. So you can just click on it, and then that allows you to tie your Twitch uh, channel or your Twitch account into your Prime Amazon account, and it becomes Twitch Prime. Boom. Boom. Just like that. Just like that. But and here's then, the bottom line. We're well, well, not like NPR. No. I want to just remind people. We don't sit here every day. And go through a 20-minute. We're gonna we're gonna break now from normal programming and sit around for 20 minutes and tell you why you should support this show and spend your last dollar. You're throwing money away every day to politicians that yeah. are never gonna do anything with it. To charity. Now charities are good. Right. I have no problem with people donating money to charity. We and don't actually, money right and now, time close. Kind of like donating to charity. Yeah. And so <laughs> we're not we're not here begging for bits or begging for money. You know, we do that. You don't even have to pay to watch this show. You can get yeah, it for you, free. You can watch it for free. Now, if free you want to become a member and, and you know all the other benefits, the the hidden scenes, which there are, are. By the way, the only thing about this show that makes it different than any other, you know, when you buy a movie, you buy the DVD, and you get the the outtakes and the not on the scenes that were edited out from the real movie, and you watch till the end of the movie, and you always see the extra content. There is no extra content. All the content on the show is available. But it's available to watch again and again and again if you're a subscriber, and then you can go back and watch all the archive shows, which many of you did when we were on our hiatus for various reasons. Correct. If you were a subscriber, then you can watch the, the archive shows. But like I said, if you then combine your Twitch account to your Amazon account and get a Twitch Prime, Twitch Prime gives you one free subscription every single month. Now, the only downside is that you have to redesignate that subscription to the Tony Bruno show every month. But um, otherwise, you get four dollars and ninety nine cents for free. Exactly, which is awesome. And I pay eighteen dollars a month for Netflix, 
which I don't even like or want. I don't I, watch Netflix, I but, do. you know, I pay. And that's the thing. I have to pay for Netflix because Robin likes it. The thing about Twitch. Thank you. You're so kind. I am. I mean, I'm putting out. I have to work a whole day Tony to make enough out. money to, to, put, to pay for Netflix. Tony puts out just And, and, and it's on top of the $240 I pay for cable and the other $200 I pay for Internet and the $125 I pay for cell phone service. Other than that, everything's really free. Enough about that. So let's get it back to the. Uh, okay. We're not begging. So, no. There are a lot of new people join all the time. No, they I'm, find I'm, us. I'm not uh, down. I, I'm not too too high and mighty to beg. I'm fine with begging. Are you ain't too proud to beg? I'm, right? I ain't too proud to beg. I'll beg. I'll beg for you. How's that? Will you tumble for me? I mean, though? you put out for me. I'll beg for you. How's that? This is sort of a mutual thing. <laughs> so you didn't even get the "I'll tumble for yes, you" reference. I'll tumble for you. I'll tumble. Tumble. I'm not going to play that, I'll even though I'm a big boy George fan. But at the wedding on uh, Saturday night. Great music. Uh, let me give you an example of some of the great tunes that the DJ. Whoops. Yeah. We yeah, want Motown. Was great. What was his name? Gooey Louie or something? Oh. Come on, baby. I don't remember now. Let's go Motown. I'm turning this back up in a second, but what? I have to apologize. Wait, wait. I have to apologize. If you're watching this on a replay <laughs> show, an archive show, and suddenly this portion of the where yes. the music is playing is silent, it's Tony's fault. I know. Because they silence us after the live no show. No one will silence me. <laughs> when we play music. Sons so of bitches. You cannot silence Tony Bruno. Especially when he's banging Motown, baby. Get you to subscribe to Twitch. <laughs> Singers back in the day, oh, they, they did way more falsetto back then. No, they, is it because they were wearing tighter pants? Where's falsetto here? This is the this is this is the Temptations. I know. David they Ruffin. They go up high. Well, please, that's falsetto. Oh, they right were there. great singers. Yes, but that's still falsetto. I don't care what it is. And the dance moves, the choreography, they didn't need all this bullshit with all these people in the background and lasers. No, no auto-tuning. It was just sure. raw, real, and the greatest era ever, baby. Just like you, Tony. Raw, real. I keep it raw. I keep it real. And most importantly, as Sammy Sosa once said, I just keep it continue the same thing every day. Now, Stevie V says, not DJ Stevie V. I was DJing a bachelorette party Saturday night. And this DJ that was at the wedding. It was really good. The guy's phenomenal. Yeah. Although his light show's a little weak. He has a couple of DVD screens with, like, different colors. Hey, you know, you can't have everything. I know. Hey. Bob from Valley Forge. Falsetto. It sounded like Tony stepped on a cat. Falsetto. Doesn't he do mornings in 97.5, my buddy Mark Falsetto? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we all agree. Auto-tuning sucks. I hate it. It's why the I'm telling you right now, and not because I'm an old guy and yelling at clouds. I love music from every era. But I'm going to tell you right now, 
when when I'm long gone and people are going back and the oldies stations are now playing, you know, we'll start playing the music yeah. from this era as oldies. Mm-hmm. Most people will say, what the hell was that shit? What was this crap? Because let's be honest, there's some talented people out there. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But everything sounds the same now. Well, all the even women, everything. the women are all everybody's everybody's auto tuned and all these pop songs sound the same. You know, at least when Motown sounded the same, you at least had different talent. You had the four tops, the you know, the Marvel, Mar, uh, the, the Temptations, the Supremes, the Marvelettes. There were so many great male and female groups that they all played basically the same style of Motown music, but they were all individually recognizable, instantaneous talents. Now, it? when I hear a female artist on somebody's radio driving by, I have no idea who any of these tweeners are because they all sound the same. And so I know the difference between the Temptations and the Four Tops. I know the Marvel Marvelettes. I know Diana Ross and the Supremes. I know Diana Ross solo. I know Smokey and the Miracles. You know why? Because the second you hear their voices, you know who they are. You tell me right now, any of these tweener chicks and these fanboy boy bands who all sound exactly the same, You'll be able to tell the difference if you didn't know who they were. Absolutely. No, there's not. a lot of them where you're like, I have no clue who this is. And you know what I say? Get the hell out of my now, face. Now there with was that crap. there was a uh, um, a singer who is really good. Who were we listening to? We were listening to in the car, and he had so much soul. I had forgotten that he was white. Who was that? Oh, that's Boss Gags. Boss Gags. Boss yes. Gags, and the other white dude who has He's now soul. modern day. Yeah. No, but the guy we went and saw in San Francisco, who a lot of people, Bobby Caldwell. Oh, yeah, yes. Bobby Caldwell is a white dude who everybody thinks is black because mm-hmm. he's so soulful. Same thing with Boz Skaggs. Now, there's a new guy that you like um, that plays Marvin on your- Gay and Stevie. Your... I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, the number of talents. You know, if you look at, the, at my most favorite music of all time, it's soul music. It's it's rhythm and blues. Yeah. Oh, Modern day rap. Yeah. It all sounds the same. You to definitely me, have more respect. soul than I do. I'm I'm a little bit. Um, well, I had the soul, but then they they folded, and now I can't go out there with Roger oh, Worski anymore. Oh, thank you, Dean. Da- Dean subscribed with Twitch Prime. He is now subscribed for nine months. When you do now, Dean? When you do? <laughs> nine months. When you do what? Um, By the way, SBS. I want to thank Dean. Now, you know, Dean and I go back and forth because we're friends. So there's all of the vitriol that you see us spewing at each other on Twitter or when he calls into the show. It's all in good fun because we're friends. Yes. I mean, he's yeah, people you know, don't know that people if people don't know that. Uh, Dean and we started out. He was a he was a listener yeah. and he is a listener and he's been loyal. And so when you get to meet people and become friends with them and you go out to dinner and you go to different places and you meet them and you get to know people. You know, that's the best part of doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not because we talk to ourselves and our friends and family. In fact, our friends and family don't even listen to the show. I know. So that's why I don't. You listeners are our family. So You're I a family than our I, real family. I want to denounce my real family and welcome my fake family. <laughs> because we're like the Olive Garden of shows. In here, we're all family. Not the mob family. Not the La Familia. Not the greaseball scumbags, mobster guys that so many people idolize out there which is why I will never, ever watch a mob movie or this new piece of shit, The Irishman movie, on Netflix. That was uh, – Ricky Gervais had some funny comments regarding The Irishman we'll, well play some of that later. Meanwhile um, – and I'm not – and by the way – Trevor I, I, from the 203 <laughs> is reminding uh, – he's – for on our behalf or on Tony's behalf, hey, Dean – 
when's that case of wine coming? No, I did it last night. Oh, did Actually, you? I did it. I did it Saturday night. Prematurely? When, no, no. Until once well, I didn't listen. I waited till the Patriots lost, just like I knew they could, because I t- I didn't think they would lose the game, but I knew that Mike Vrabel would go up there, and the fact I mean it was Derrick Henry. All you got to do is watch the games. Derrick Henry was their offense. Everybody knew it. Bill Belichick did it. His son with his mullet. Everybody knew that they had to stop one guy, Derrick Henry, and they couldn't stop him. And I'm not I'm not one of these guys who's going to go off on the Patriots and say yeah they cheated and. I don't think Tom Brady's no. done. And Robert Kraft today, by the way, the owner of the Patriots said, because they asked Tom Brady after the game the other night, is this it? And at least he was classy enough to say, you know what, I don't know. Uh, I love the Patriots. So it's not up to Tom Brady. Remember, his contract's over. He's a free agent. Right. It's not his decision. His decision is, do the Patriots want to bring him back? And Robert Kraft today, in the latest news, said, I think Tom Brady, I want Tom Brady to be a Patriot and not play for another team ever again. And so he would prefer Brady retires as a Patriot and doesn't decide to go somewhere else and play. And I don't think Tom Brady will do that. I don't think Tom Brady at this point, after his great career, all with the New England Patriots, is going to say, I'm going to stick it to the Patriots who didn't have faith in me at age 42 to go back. Tom Brady's a Patriot. And so imagine him, and we've seen it with Joe Montana, Steve Young. Yes. A lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, you know, you go down the list of legendary Hall of Fame quarterbacks who did not finish their career with the same team. It's very rare. Let me just finish this, yeah. Rob. Is that Dean on the line? Yes, it is. Well, that's why I'm not hurrying to get no, there. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying regarding I hope, because I think if he's one of those people that ke- wants to continue playing, then um, you're going to see him start to become less and less good. Well, as he ages. Uh, by and the I way, it ha- I, it's called the aging I know, process. and that's why, I mean, he does not need to work another day in his life on the field, and I hope that he decides and makes the decision to quit before he becomes bad. Yeah, he's, he's you not going to – he doesn't fit anywhere else. I know, but I, that's why I'm just saying, like, but just if, retire. But, here, but here you're missing the point, Robin. Let's uh, bring Dean on here because okay. he's full of shit, and I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Because Dean's a pay. Dean is not. He's one of those guys. Listen, I don't want to. I didn't want to get older either. Nobody wants to get older unless they're ten, and then they're fifteen, yeah, and then they're eighteen, and they want to be twenty-one. And then when they get to twenty-one, they want to be thirty, and then they say, "Shit, why am I worrying about becoming older?" Because when you get older, you get worse. You don't get better unless you're wine, which Dean owes me a case of. Good, good segue. <laughs> and, and, and good segue. And I will get that wine to you as soon as I can get. I, I'm about. Halfway there, I've got all the labels of all the nice Michael David wines. Yes. And I'm peeling off $2 skip <laughs> bottles, and I'm sticking these Michael David ones on there. So give me about another week or so, and they'll all be perfect. They don't no, even no, no. have two-buck Chuck anymore at Trader Joe's, for God's sake. Dean, I'm sorry, but unless it says on the box that it was actually shipped from Lodi, we're going to call <laughs> foul. <laughs> I'm, no, I, I said this last night to you on Twitter, Dean. I said this to you on Twitter last night. You said, I'll give it to you a bottle a month. I said, <laughs> if I don't have that case of wine delivered by January 15th, I will call the President of the United States and order a missile strike right there in, in Clearwater, only affecting your property, not anybody else. I don't want to take out any collateral damage. I will order a drone strike on your property 
If I don't get that case of wine by January 15th, the clock is ticking. Well, thank you for the heads up, because on January, on January 14th, I'll bomb that little dive you live in Philadelphia first. Yeah? <laughs> don't worry. It's going to happen here naturally. Yeah, no, yeah, I right. don't want the jelly of the month. club. No, you can do it a dollar, because I, I was going to play the tape of that phone call. Remember when I always tell Robin to yes. mark the tape? I, oh, right. I have Say it. Stuff. You have it, Robin? Well, not handy, but I do know I marked the tape. Where, so where's the tape that's marked? We should have planned for this. See, that just shows you that I'm not one of these guys who holds a grudge or doesn't forget anything. Because I told Robin the day that I told you that the Patriots were not going to make the Super Bowl, not because I hate them, but because I thought that the AFC had some really, really – and the bottom line with the the Titans. Remember, this is a Titan team that was left for dead before Mike Grable had the balls to make a quarterback change, and that changed everything. He had to bench Marcus Mariota – and put Ryan Tannehill in. People were calling about. They, people were saying Brabel was going to be fired. He made the one of the biggest decisions in sports, especially in the NFL, that actually reignited his franchise. And now he's the coach of the year. He goes up in schools, his mentor. I mean, it's a great story. Whether you like the Patriots or not, to acknowledge what Mike Brabel has done as a head coach is just to be, uh, you know, a, a hack that just. You know, has no excuses or has no reason to criticize the Patriots. The Patriots aren't the same team. Remember, Dean, well, just like the Eagles ha- are playing with a skeleton crew with guys around Wentz when he was still healthy, the Patriots, are, you know, the excuses for the Patriots are the same because they're not excuses. They're legitimate reasons. When Gronk retires, you lose offensive linemen, and you don't have the cast of characters around you. I don't care how good you are as a quarterback. You better have a solid running game. You better have tight ends that can move the ball. And Brady this year, even though they were able to win a lot of games, they, they obviously are not the same team. And the question is, you know, can they add a couple of pieces, bring Brady back and, you know, kick it up again in the AFC when you got all these great young quarterbacks in Baltimore? You know, Tannehill is not a young pup anymore, but he's obviously now a stud in the AFC. So you look at the AFC, it is stacked with a lot of good young quarterbacks. Mahomes. You know, e- e- you look at even, even in a situation in Texas where the Texans looked like they were going to shit the bed at home against Buffalo, you saw their quarterback make an unbelievable move that spin out of, the, of an obvious sack to pull that game out and, and stick a dagger in the Buffalo Bills fan base. I mean, there's some great, great young talent, especially in the AFC at the quarterback position, man. I just think that the, the – I didn't expect. Here's where, here's where the, 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 the wine train got derailed is I didn't expect the Patriots to lose to the Miami Dolphins and have to play this first game because if you're playing the Patriots with a buyout, you know, if they get a, another week to rest and stuff, I think they would be a lot better off with Kansas City coming in their house than they were with a, a, a Henry coming in there who rushed Tony for 1,000 yards over his last seven games. I know. He seven was a stud. He had over 1,000 yards. So, that was the worst case. You're absolutely right, Dean. Everybody. That was the worst case scenario for the Patriots. But remember, exactly. when the Eagles lost to the Miami Dolphins, I wrote them off at five and seven. And so then all of a sudden, the Miami Dolphins, guess what? Didn't quit. They didn't. T- they didn't listen nope. to the orders of you better keep losing so you get the number one draft pick. They're professionals. You know, the Fitz Magic. Absolutely. He wasn't going to quit. His players out there. They weren't going to quit because they're supposed to lose by double digits to the Patriots or anybody else they play down the stretch. They shocked no, the Eagles. They, they stuck it up Miami, the Eagles' they gotta ass. Go, they got to play somewhere else, and they got to they got to prove they can still play in the league. They can't just die. They got to earn a paycheck, whether it's in Miami or somewhere else. 
So I get a kick out of people who think, you know, oh, teams are going to roll over in week 15 and week 16 and 17. No, they're not. These guys got a paycheck they're fighting for. Exactly. This is the, that's why football, that's why the NFL to me, even though they have a lot of problems with the officiating and people complaining and you name it, the one thing that you see in the playoffs, you're not going to see like in the college football playoffs, a team wins 63 to 28. You know why? Those are supposed to be the best teams playing against each other. And then you exactly. saw in that Oklahoma game, you know, against, against I think, the best team in college football in LSU, there was a boat race. No, There was no reason to watch the second half, even if you gamble and bet on the game. It was over right. at halftime. So all four of these games this weekend were really entertaining. Were they boring at points? Yes. But they were at least competitive, entertaining games. And that's all you want as a fan, even if you have no vested or, or gambling interest well, in I don't any call of these games. Defense play boring, Tony. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, why, why, what, what made it boring? Because it wasn't 35 to 30. I mean, I like, you know, these guys on the defense get paid just as much as guys on the offense. And, I, I mean, I don't care if the score is, you know, 13 to 14 to 33 30 if it's a good game. And these games weren't crap games. I mean, I don't know. The, the Patriots just didn't punch the ball in in the end zone. I mean, they got first and goal, and you don't do any quarterback sneak with Brady, who's the king of the quarterback sneak on the goal line. I mean, that cost them the game right there. By the way, it's not my style to criticize, and you know that. You can criticize. I'm used to it. I want Robin to play this tape now because there were two embarrassing moments in sports this weekend. And I know Bill Belichick. I've been around him. I've actually been at a da- dinner table with him. When he's off the field, when he's in real life away from football, he's a fun guy. He's a good guy. He has con- You see him on the NFL when they do the 100 top things, and he's sitting there at the panel. But when he's in in his game face, he is a completely different human being. And I get because the media are a bunch of assholes. Uh, No, no, come on, Dean. I agree the media are assholes because I'm a part of those assholes. I used to be all the time. (laughs) Now I'm just a sporadic asshole. But let me get you because I'm surrounded by assholes. But let me point this out. This is what bothers me. Listen, Bill Belichick's a Hall of Fame coach, maybe the greatest coach of all time. I get that you, and, and just like Doug Peterson, they have and, and Andy Reid, they have that same stoic, you don't know whether they're losing or winning when you look at their faces. You know what I'm saying? Some coaches, you know, like Pete Carroll, he's raw when his team's winning. He's doing cartwheels. But Belichick, <laughs> Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, coaches like that, you can look at them on the sidelines and you have no idea whether they're winning or losing. And that's what, good. What's wrong with being even keel? Nothing. But here's the problem when you lose. Maybe you need to practice that with Robin, you know, instead of flying off the handle. I'm not. I'm as even keeled. I've learned, you know, you, you know, I'm like, even I'm like the Kevin Harland of sports talk host. I know how to keep it at a even keel, but then when the tension builds and the play is becoming excited, he comes louder. That's what you're supposed. You're not supposed to be screaming all the time. It's like you, you do Kev, Kevin Harlan. That's why. That's why I love Kevin Harlan. I'm with Kevin you, Dean. I'm with you. I'm. I'm totally behind you on this. And one. That's why I love Kevin Harlan because just like me. That's what you preach, Bruno. Look, look. You watch me. Am I yelling all the time? No. I, I but can you deal do with. Yell. No, but you fly. So that, yeah. that that makes our point even more, Tony. Exactly. When when you want to scold somebody. You can do it at the same level, you know what I mean? I do say it many times. You can judge the, 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 the uh, person's, like, when the calm, the sea, the sea is calm when you're out there and, you know, you're sitting there and you're smiling. Well, no. now when the seas Come get a little man. rough, if you don't still have that same demeanor, then I, Nobody's more chill than me, man. Nobody goes into energy saver mode and chill no, mode that is better true. than me. You do go into energy <laughs> saver mode, but you do get your, 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 
Your low to high is extreme. Yes. Like you. No, there's, 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 you there's. Go from you five would... to 500 in a matter yes. of like a. a, a and you got a damn problem with that? <laughs> You're lucky I'm not there right now. I would get my coho, aluminum coho, and bust it right over your damn head. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I, do, you, I have the Belichick. Are you coming down here next month? Yes, we are. Are you going to stop by the crib? I don't know yet. As, as they like to say, to be determined. We are going to Miami, though. We are locked in to go to Miami. Yes, we have. Benvenido a Miami. I will send you a gesture of a bottle right away, and then you can pick the other 11 up. Beautiful, man. We have a nice apartment, an Airbnb, all reserved. Beautiful, Beautiful high-rise, overlooking the water. It's, it's very nice. Well, in Miami, there's a lot and of how water. Many, how around. many bedrooms? Not enough for you, pal. <laughs> we'll talk. Look at you guys. Well, you know, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to treat this like a San Francisco or New York City uh, condo. You know, like they have the little spots for people to live. You know, you pay $1,000 a month, and you get your little cute area, the corner. Yeah. You get access to your the bathroom and the shower. Feet. Yeah, you can, we'll give you, like, 50 feet of space in the corner, just enough to put a single bed need, in. I just need my blow-up mattress to fit <laughs> in the corner. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Do you want right. to do, do the Belichick thing Yeah, now? let's go to Belichick, because I, I like Bill Belichick personally. But to me, what he did Saturday night was one of the most embarrassing moments you will ever see. Oh, now, I know come it's on, his job. No, come on. You're going to tell me that this is, this is good behavior by a head coach, one of the all-time Go ahead, because I know what you're going to tell. So let me just say this. I, I was, and I don't normally watch post-game press conferences anymore because you really you don't learn anything. And, and this used to be stuff that the media would just sit in there and record and then play it back later. Now everybody sees it live. You know, ESPN, all the networks go to it. So Bill Belichick, I will say, here's how I describe this. The most uneasy awkward, excruciating press conference I've ever seen. The media and Bill Belichick were equally unnerved, afraid. The media was literally afraid to ask questions because of the behavior and the absolute idiocy of Bill Belichick looking like someone that just rammed up a Scud missile deep into his anal passage. I get you lost the game. I get your season's over. But let me have people who didn't see this. I'm going to run a little bit of it. And you tell me that this is good for Bill Belichick, the Patriots, or the media, or anybody watching this to see a guy handle defeat gracious. Hillary Clinton handled defeat more graciously than this guy does. Uh, that's, that's a stretch. Too. But the good thing about Belichick, he won't be bitching about it for three years. Okay. okay? All right. <laughs> Let's go, go to the tape. Now you get out. Get out. Raise your hands for question. Now, here's, listen, watch, watch and listen if you can see this on our Twitch stream. He's just standing there. Bill, what's your assessment of what the, your defense accomplished in the second half with uh, allowing no points after halftime and in the 2019 season in general with their performance over the course of the year? Yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, gave up 14 points tonight, but, you know, in this game it was, it was too much. And uh, weren't able to get the ball back at the end. So, you know, there were a lot of good things, but uh, just not quite good enough tonight. And that's, you know, that's what it was. That was a good answer. 
But wait, there's more. I mean, I appreciate it. Look, I, I have a ton of respect for this football team. These guys competed all, all year, uh, everybody, all three units. Um, we played hard. And um, as I said, just, just came a little bit short tonight. Bill, there was a series of events midway through the fourth quarter when about two minutes came off the clock uh, before the punt. Uh, what did you see there? And is that something that you'd like yeah, to we've see? We've talked about this before. It's the same thing we've talked about before. There's no change. You said before that that might be a loophole the NFL could close. Any further thoughts on that? No. That's what Bill Brable basically stuck it to him by using the rules. People's just afraid to ask yeah, listen, the question. Watch this. Watch the awkwardness. Bill, do you anticipate the Patriots will bring back Tom Brady for the 2020 season? Yeah, right now, we just finished the game, so we're focused on this game. Okay. Focused on a game you just lost. Are we on to really? vacation? Bill, what was the message to the players after the game? I know it was a tough, long season. I know they're, they're hurting right now, but what was your message to them? Yeah. I keep that between me and the players. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like <laughs> I always do. We're stool presidente here. I don't hear any questions. Question, please. Anybody? Anybody Anybody not afraid enough to? Um, Bill, how offensively, what, how would you sum what went wrong for your group today? And we just didn't make enough plays. We had some opportunities and just weren't able to score enough points. 13 wasn't enough. Awkward silence. Awkward pauses. Anybody? Any questions? Anybody? Any Anybody questions? got some balls? Questions? Hello? Hello? Bill, what did, uh, what did you guys change schematically in the second <laughs> half to limit uh, Tennessee's rushing game? Yeah, I mean, the players made the players did a good job. Players played played well, played blocks well. We tackled a little better, and um, you know, those players did a good job. It just wasn't anything that dramatic. Hi, Bill. Um, I know this is a disappointing Hi, evening for you, um, but Pat's Nation, Pat's Nation your fans Bill. have have stuck with you through thick, you thick and thin. Fans, um, social media, it just they still love you. They still Do you have any message you. for the fans who have Dean are loves so, you, Bill. so supportive of you and the team? <laughs> what did you expect? To throw yeah, confetti we appreciate our fans. Stool Presidente and then Pat's Nation love you. They may do a pizza should, review should up I there. Should I stop? I mean, this is more awkwardness. Uh, I haven't heard or do you want to do more? That, so. No, you know, listen. He deserves this ridicule. I give him credit as a great coach. This is unprofessional, sore loser bullshit. The likes which... And people accept this because he's won. If he was a losing coach, they would run this guy out of that city in a heartbeat. But because he's won and he had one of his own former players come in there and stick it up his ass and use the same rules that Belichick and the Patriots use to find ways to win games, he's now pissed off. It's take the loss. Take the ask? loss and get the hell out. We're on to the Pro Bowl. That's what he should have said. We're on to Orlando <laughs> for the Pro Bowl. I, I know I'm going to get my player, all my Pro Bowl guys, really ready to play for this. We're going to go to win the Pro Bowl for the AFC. We're not just going to show up and go through the motions and be on ESPN for the stupid throwing balls, footballs through tires and hoops and stuff. No, I agree. I agree. One of the – who was it? <laughs> uh, where did he Where did he go? But uh, somebody mentioned, he says, we, need Howard, we needed Howard Askin to be asking questions on Because Howard does ask tough questions. Yeah, but Howard, Howard in New England is not Howard in Philadelphia. Uh, Everybody knows him there. There's, this is a national media crowd up there. This isn't just all the local hacks 
who suck up to Bill Pelichick and the woman who writes for they Pats. Sound and, and the chick that writes for Patriots Nation asking questions. Then she asked, she asked Tom Brady the same question. Uh, 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 Tom, you know, Patriot Nation, Pats Nation. Her voice was trembling. Do you know that they, that they love you, Bill? Do you know that stool president Dave Portnoy is probably just as upset as you are right now? Do you think Dave Portnoy and Pat, Pat's Nation will be able to get through this? You know, do we have maybe, maybe we should have a meeting, a group meeting. We'll rent a hall. We'll rent a little a moose lodge somewhere. Or the, the IBEW Electrical Workers Union Hall. And we'll have all the Patriots Nation come in, all the media all the Boston Globe reporters, all the media on the local radio stations in Boston who lit candles after the game and actually were walking down into the, into the un, they went underground and they were having a funeral dirge for the Patriots on and Saturday night. We're done with Bill Belichick, right? We're not going to yeah. show any of the rest of the no, stuff because it. it's pretty much the rest people. If anybody thinks that that's respect, responsible behavior, by the head, the best head coach that the NFL has seen, maybe ever. Then you are just a sycophant. Do you really think he might be the best head coach ever? Or well, do you statistically, think he's just, is is he just the best coach because of Tom Brady? Well, both. He doesn't win without Tom Brady. Tom Brady probably doesn't win without him. Remember, Tom Brady was taken late in the draft. He wasn't a first round pick. But Tom Brady could have made just, another coach the best. It's possible, coach. but we don't know that. But I know one thing: Pete Carroll without Russell Wilson isn't a great coach. Correct. In fact, Pete Carroll has kept Russell Wilson from winning another Super Bowl because of mm. dumb decision-making. Yes. So Pete Carroll has actually hurt Russell Wilson's resume because of bad decisions at the goal line. Seriously. Russell Wilson would probably not have to had to come to Philadelphia and continue to own them if Pete Carroll had made the right decisions in the game against the San Francisco 49ers the week before. Correct. And now Seattle's got to go run the gauntlet on the road unless Minnesota beats Green Bay and they wind up playing in a scenario where the Minnesota Vikings would be the lower seed than Seattle, and then Seattle could host the NFC Championship game. I felt bad for the Saints and the Vikings playing. I mean, it was like deja vu. The Vikings won, Robin. I know they, they won again. They didn't win before. Because their quarterback had that noose around his neck of he can't win big game. And the best part, the best part of that Vikings uh, victory, because I don't root against the Saints or the Vikings. I don't care about any of these teams, you know, from a fan standpoint. I just watch the games. We saw what Kirk Cousins, oh, I can't win on national TV. And then in the locker room was a great moment. Are you still on the line, Dean? Or did you hang up on him, Robin? No, I didn't hang up on him, but I think, you know what, I'm going to probably let him go because we do have somebody else on hold. Okay, because I can hear that the sound of I a know, phone line like open. He, but, uh, well, can I you get rid him. of that phone line noise? Yeah. No, there you go. Gone. Gone. I hear voices in my head anyway. I don't need to hear like a, the sound of somebody sitting on the phone not talking. But Kirk Cousins, to his credit, when everybody was celebrating and giving him love because he's much maligned, he couldn't win big games, and there he is, and he has an unbelievable throw to Rudolph even though he pushed off in the end zone to get the win. But he played great. The running game was going, and the Vikings found a way to win, and the Saints let him off the hook. The Saints were outplayed, outcoached, and outperformed. And in the locker room, while they're all celebrating and giving him hugs, he said, you like that. You like that a bunch of times, and that was absolutely classic. I love seeing good players finally get the monkey off their backs. I like seeing teams that don't win finally win. 
Because I'm not, I'm not like these fans who just continually get mad and, oh, you're from Philly, your team suck. How many Super Bowls do you have? You know, that's, some of that's fun, and I don't care if people rip the Eagles or the Sixers. I rip the, the Sixers and the Flyers. They're more, they are worse roadkill than Iranian terrorists right now. I mean, nobody's been worse on the road than the Eagles, not the Eagles, the Sixers and the Flyers right now. They are roadkill, just like Qasem Soleimani, basically left for dead on the road. Ouch. Thank you. Ouch. Thank you very much. Try the veal. Uh, did you want to go to another phone call? Or are we yeah, going let's go back to the phone. In fact, okay. I haven't even given the phone number out. I know. People will remember it from, you know, they have it memorized. 215-462-TONY. Write that down. Get it tattooed maybe on the inside of your wrist. Now, don't get it tattooed because it might change. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I, I would promise you that if you get the tattoo of my phone number on your wrist, maybe in the palm, or maybe like, Right on the palm, right, right, across, right above the, right above your, in your forehead, between your eyebrows, you get that number put on there, uh-huh. and you go all like Tech Tech, whatever that guy's name is, Tech Nine, uh, whoever that numbskull is. Who's yeah. on the line right now? This is Trevor from the two hundred three. Trevor, you're a big uh, white guy turned rapper turned thug uh, aficionado. Who's this Tech Nine guy that's always in trouble with all the face tats? He's just a snitch. He's not worth talking about. He just all he is. He's just a snitch. He's not a great rapper at all. He's all right, thank you. I, I knew I would come to you for the greatest hip hop and R and B. Well, not R and B. I'm an R and B fan. I'm not a hip hop fan. But anyway, that's different. different By the strokes. way, Trevor, when he when I answered the phone, he he sounds a little sad. He's he's Are you not sad? a happy camper today. Why? I, I'm just sad that football season's over for the Eagles. They they had a it was a great roller coaster season, and it's. it's I know it was. I was sooner enough. It was injuries going to catch up. I was like, it was a fun season. Just it was, but you know what? Season. Let's be honest. There, does anybody think that that even with Carson Wentz, that this team was going to make a Super Bowl run with the cast of characters? And I'm not making excuses. Everybody. I mean, you watch the networks. You watch NBC. You watch Fox. Everybody who's done Tom Brenneman last week was going crazy about how incredible the Eagles pulled together because everybody has injuries. But I don't think there's anybody out there that's not, you know, you don't have to be an Eagles apologist or a lapdog for this franchise to know it. There's no team. No team this year has lost the amount. They, don't, they didn't have oh, one single player yeah. left yesterday they afternoon. Other than, you know, they they, 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 Ertz came back, obviously. But Ertz wasn't Ertz. You know, Goddard's a nice young player. And Miles Sanders is going to be a star. But you look at the cast of characters, their two best ta- their best offensive linemen were there, and then they moved Jadavian Clowney over to the other side where he basically, Jason Peters, whom I love and is a Hall of Famer, he may as well have had a red cape and played Matador yesterday. I mean, if you watched it closely, I mean, Jason, Jason, you know, Jason Peters is going to the Hall of Fame, and he thinks he has two years left in him. And luckily they drafted Andre Dillard, and he had a year to get used to it. But there's no way you can bring Jason Peters back except as a backup. You know, a guy, somebody goes down. But he, you saw him yesterday. He literally could not move no. to block J, to J, Jadavian Clown. I mean, he doesn't I, have the speed anymore or the quickness. We, we already knew that he was a slob because – He's we, not a slob, Rob. No. He's a big guy who gets no. slower. No, 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 no. We, he, we know he's a slob because we were in his apartment after he moved out because friends of ours were looking at moving in. And that doesn't make him a slob. Yes. Just yes, because he it uses, does. Just because he uses tooth, toothbrushes. No. 
His apartment was disgusting. Because he does a lot of hair product. No, it was not just because of that. <laughs> Gee, well, Robin, that's not Good nice job, of you. Who are you? Who are you? Who leaves sick? Wait, wait, Robin, let me <laughs> no, get no, no. Robin Boston and her entire family leave sinks full of dishes where they don't even put water in coffee cups or dishes after they've had pasta with cheese in it, and it sits in the sink for days before anybody... But now, all of a sudden, Jason Peters to Robin is a slob. No, that is absolute me, nonsense. If, if I How call, dare you say if that? I call somebody a slob, you point. know it's bad. You can't call somebody a slob because they live in an apartment, and when they move out, they leave shit behind? Who cleans an apartment after they move out? No, no, I'm not saying that. Like, yeah, I didn't expect him to clean... But I'm just saying that when we were there, I was surprised at how nasty everything was. Well, well Rob, there's nothing you. worse than my old college house with five it's dudes from Chicago. And that's, it, no. that's how bad it was. Okay, I, I'm with you. But, like, he's already making a lot of money. Why, for God's sakes, hire a uh, I bet you he had a housekeeper. Well, she did. Or some bitches that job. came in every once in a while. And bitches don't clean up when nasty. they come into your crib. You don't expect the vicious. It could be a good thing and also a bad thing, too. They could also know how to steal stuff as well. By the way, I got to do this to Robin on behalf of everybody out there <laughs> who doesn't like someone making personal attacks on their home condition and hygiene. Miss Robin is basically a hoarder that you would see on TV in one of the rooms with everything that she refuses to get rid of. And she's calling Jason Peters wait, a slob. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You're calling wait. me a hoarder? Shame. 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 <laughs> Is this Robin going to be the next episode of Hoarders on TLC? You're Ro- calling me a hoarder? Can we just, like, pan around this room and see how many coffee mugs you have? That's not hoarding. That those are all. Those are all antiquities. Those, <laughs> those have <laughs> memories. Those yes. are artifacts of success. Co- the mugs that you will never drink out of again just because they have you have an emotional attachment to them. Yeah, mugs with names on uh, my names on them that are, are no? that signifies success. Yeah, I should just throw those out, Robin. Jesus. They should put them on his Whoa. eBay account. People will buy them. As Bob from Valley Forge astutely points out, vicious don't do the dishes. Damn right, Bob. You're damn right they don't. Unbelievable. I will not allow that kind of conduct or behavior or that kind of discourse to be uh, permitted on this program. Ridiculous. I'm talking about a guy who's big and can't move anymore, and she goes back to his apartment being a shithole after he moved out in the same building where we live. Hey, he could have had a terrible landlord. Let's say that. That could also. No, be- no, it has nothing to do with the landlord. You're responsible for cleaning your own apartment unless you hire somebody. Plus, he's an athlete. Plus, he's a big dude. True. Big dudes, you know, they uh, they leave more mess. Product. They leave more mess. Robin, Robin, he, you know, he had a lot of hair product in his place. And Robin, of all people, who, who fills drains that That's require true. not just a rotor rooter, man. They require a, a gigantic drill that they use to drill for oil you use my hair. to clear the drains out of her hair. Yeah, no. My, my hair should be used by NASA to hold things together because it'll – it's, it's – it does. It, it 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 will clog anything. It'll cut through uh, vacuum cleaner belts. It it's pretty powerful. It's the, this is this is like uh, who's the uh, what's her face? Jason let down, Momoa. No, let down your hair. Um, uh, Who? The chick up in the tower. Let down your. Oh, hair. Rapunzel. Rapunzel. This Rapunzel, is like Rapunzel. Rapunzel, Rapunzel. You can climb up this. Make it into a rope. 
I have climbed up it, but that's a different story <laughs> for a different show. Now, Trevor, people on Twitter, a car buddy, AJ in San Antonio, started like wondering about your mental state right now. Listen, fans, when they're, the Patriot fans are upset, the Buffalo Bill fans, they were up 16 nothing. They're used to being upset and not seeing success for how long? Decades. And you're, you're sitting here saying, I just I feel so bad that the season's over. Are you serious uh, hey, right now? Are you hey, serious? Listen, I'm getting joy out of the Patriots being over with. Bill says I give them all the credit. They're allowed to be bad. They're number one on the list. State fans number two, and Viking fans number three. Patriot fans, they are in the bottom of my, my list right now. They, they could kick rocks. But the thing about the, you know, if you're a fan of any team, you know, and, and let's be honest, did you really think the Eagles were going to make a Super Bowl run? No, no. I just wanted a little play. I just wanted a little, an extra week of football so I could. There's I could plenty of football. Bother. You got the divisional round next weekend, you know, and then you got the, the championship weekend, and then you got two weeks off, and it's the Super Bowl. We got plenty of football, and then you got a college game, you know, that finally is going to matter for the first time in a month. So this is the way it goes. And then you can watch the tonight. Sixers and the Flyers continue to go on the road and mail it in and then not care about it because, it's, you know, you're not supposed to criticize the Sixers when they suck, and you're not supposed to criticize Brett Brown because he has a job for life no matter how bad this team plays, because he can always blame the people who put the meal. He can blame Elton Brand for, you know, signing these other players. And, and Brett Brown. the emergency podcast overreacting. Exactly. He, he, <laughs> no, you know, the one thing I've learned about Brett Brown, and I've seen a lot of coaches come and go in this town. I've seen coaches get bounced in a, in a heartbeat, and I've seen coaches last a long time. But at least the guys like Andy Reid, who lasted a long time, achieved levels of success that Brett Brown hasn't even thought about approaching yet. But the people who think Brett Brown is going to win uh, an NBA championship with his team, and I don't dislike him personally. No. This isn't personal. I, I, um, Brett Brown seems like a nice guy. I don't really know him. But to me, the excuse-making that goes on for Brett Brown, I have never seen in all of my 67 years in Philadelphia. Nobody has handled with kid gloves more than Brett Brown. And I don't mean game to game. Every game you go crazy if they lose a game. I'm just talking about the fact that here we are with all these players. They go out and get more players, and they got the two pieces, Ben Simmons and, the, and Joel Embiid, and then the rest of the cast of characters is hit or miss, and then you think they're going to go, now they're the sixth seed, you think they're going to all of a sudden flip a switch like Phil Jackson yeah. used to do when the playoffs started and he knew his team was going to go out there and crank it? I don't know. Maybe they I win. But to me, you, think, you do not think that the 76ers get the – get the absolute freest pass of any organization, especially in this city of Philadelphia? I personally feel like, dude, I just wish, me personally, I don't like to wish this upon things, but I kind of just want them to lose first round, and if they fire Brett Brown, then I don't want anybody, it's not about me wanting Brett Brown to be fired. I don't call for people's heads. I'm just surprised that the media in this town, the media and the fanboys, the media and the fanboys and all the podcasters who have their Sixer tribute shows refuse to, refuse to acknowledge what's going on around here. You know, when they go off to a great start and they win on Christmas Day, everybody's orgasming all over the place. And then they play a great game against a great team. And then after that, it's like, eh, you know, we got our big win and we're on Christmas Day. It's, on that. it's, like, it's like the NBA loves... The NBA is the only league where the players look forward to being at the All-Star weekend than they do at playing regular season games where people pay money as loyal fans to come and watch them perform and they take nights off. But you notice no NBA player, even the guys who get injured, 
refused to go to NBA All-Star Weekend for the big parties and the hoes and the bishes and all the other shit and the self self-flagellation and the dunks where everybody puts up signs and goes orgasmic again. It's a stinking game. And these guys are the greatest athletes on earth. But if you're more interested in going to an all-star game than playing in regular season games for loyal fans, then you got a problem with your league, in my opinion. There's a lot of comments regarding this on on, uh, Twitch, Tony. Do you see them that you want to read out loud? I'm going to just uh, laugh out loud right now, Robin. <laughs> no, it's been too tense. No, so Chris F29. They are, they are really good, actually. Chris F29 says the issue is Brown can't coach with what he has. No reason they should be on top three in the East. Also, having no PG that can pick an. Pick. Wait, that can pick, pick and roll, and roll kills, kills them. them. There we go. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what it is? It's like any other sport. The difference with the NBA versus. Like the NFL, you need a lot of players. You can't say, oh, we get two players. And it's going to make a difference. Now, obviously, if that player is the quarterback, that helps. But, you know, even the teams with great quarterbacks need a good running back. And you see who wins. Teams that run the football are now winning and advancing in the playoffs. But the problem is, in the NBA, you, you get to draft every year. You get to sign free agents every year. So it's not like you need to go out and find five or six guys every year. You have a 13-person roster. You have a developmental league, and you still can't put together the proper pieces that fit together and gel together. And the Eagles, who lost all of their main players by injury or just you know, because they quit on the team or whatever the case may be, most of it's injury uh, for the most part. Their top players were all hurt, especially on the offense and the receiving position. Now and then, but let me finish this, Robin. Mm-hmm. So they were all hurt. And so now it took this but, this. but the Eagles were able to bring practice squad guys up and integrate them into an offense to at least function as a semi-respectable team down the stretch. Now here are the Sixers, and how many years is Brett Brown with six, seven years around? And they're still trying to figure out the cast of characters every year and how they fix together and what system they should play together. It's like blowing it up every year because you're bringing in a different shooting guard. You're bringing in a mm-hmm. different point guard, and none of the pieces ever fit. You know, the, 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 the signing of what's-his-face from Al Horford. Al Horford, he was so great in the playoffs, the Sixers had to go out and get him to bring him here. And now Al Horford is just... A non-factor, a non-factor most nights. So that's well, Syrac- that's the frustrating. Syracuse forty-four part. also mentioned that Simpson Simpson Simmons does not have a really good jumper. That well, um, that wasn't the case when he was hooked up with uh, with what's with what's her face the other night. They're back together again, Robin. Ariana now, Grande. No, he never banged Kendall, Ariana. I don't know, Maybe he did. Kendall Jenner. Oh, Christmas Eve, the Eagles go out Are and lose. Back again? No, not Christmas Eve. New yep. Year's Eve, the Eagles get housed. For the third straight game after winning on Christmas Day. And you know how, they, and again, I'm not saying Ben Simmons should go home and cry and sulk. He went out and then he had Kendall Jenner come back to town. And I'm never one who says, you know, he shouldn't be seeing the Jenners or the Kardashians. It's going to make him get him weak knees and all that other crap. I don't care who he bags. The problem is, these guys are so enraptured with the celebrity life because they're celebrities, because they're athletes. And don't focus on improving their game. I'm not saying if he had not banged Kendall Jenner on New Year's Eve that he would have had a better jump shot the next day. Is that he doesn't care about the jump shot. He doesn't care about getting better. He doesn't care about everybody knows how to stop him. And he's pretty hard to stop when he runs when he, you know, when he's on full speed and goes right to the rack. There's no intermediate game with this team. Everybody plays from outside the arc. And that's the NBA today, which is why it's hard for me to like. 
Absolutely, me too as well. Hey, uh, Jordan, would you say that Mike McCarthy hire is the best hire the Cowboys had since maybe Mark Parcells? It's an interesting that? one, though. I, when, I, when I heard that, because yesterday I, I didn't even realize that Jason Garrett hadn't. I thought he was fired, but apparently he wasn't. So here's the best part. This is my analogy. Jerry Jones finally realized last night that he had to first fire his coach, Jason Garrett, at least an hour before he hired the new coach, Mike McCarthy. Yes. That's exactly how this played out. He hadn't officially announced that Jason Garrett was fired after all these meetings, and then, boom, all of a sudden, he announces it, or somebody announces it, and then Mike McCarthy comes out and announces himself that he's the new coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It was very awkward. The entire thing is awkward, although my favorite meme was one that was sent to you that was Jason Garrett with um, uh, one of those fake mustaches on and a different color hair dye. In disguise, uh, and he came and a new name. The new name was uh, Jason or or Nick Garrett. Blair it or something like that. Jason Blair it. <laughs> he's like that. If you remember Office Space, he's that dude that's not been fired. He was supposed to be fired, but he's not been told he's fired yes, in the office. Yes. Now, to be, to-, think of to be totally accurate, Jason Garrett's contract expired at the end of the season. But Jerry Jones still left it in limbo. It didn't mean that he had to fire him because he wasn't technically hired anymore. Right. So when, when people say he didn't fire him, he just didn't decide to renew his right. contract and bring him back. But the suspense of just, we're having another meeting. Oh, they're meeting again tomorrow. So when you do that and you leave things open to speculation because nobody knows the information, you're going to say, well, I didn't fire Jason. He, he still had to part ways and make the decision that Jason Garrett wasn't coming back, in fact. But maybe he did this to try to look like a more sympathetic character. See, he gave Jason, he talked to him. They tried to talk it out and figure out what he would do to make things better. Because there's no way you could bring Jason Garrett back. A great guy, a good coach. You can't bring him back and tell the fan base that it's going to be different now. He's going to get rid of all these other guys around him, and it's all going to be. To me, that's like a cat toying with a mouse. You know, like, are you really going to kill it, or are you just going to, you're just going to, like, Swat it around a let little it bit. Die, let it die there quietly. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, also kind of funny. I was, I was also pretty funny. That's my final point. It's a, the, the Cowboys have like brought back every former player to be on their coaching staff. That sounds very flyerish. I'll say. Uh, Tony, great to have you back this week. Thank you, man. Thank I'm you. out. Thank you. Rack that guy. Rack him, Robin. He's racked. He's racked. We well, actually- no, you know it was racked. Selma Hyatt was racked. Now, I didn't uh-huh. watch any of the Golden Globes last night. I just love the commentary. I love Ricky Gervais because he finally did something that he did something that was as almost as a, so almost up. as uncomfortable as the Bill Belichick press conference. Do you want to go media. to that now, or should no, we? No, I'll play that later. Okay, because we still have Florida updates. Yes, we do, and uh, we have Bearcat AJ who's been holding for quite some time. So let's What's go. What's he holding really on to? The Bengals, at least they knew they weren't going to lose this weekend. <laughs> AJ, how are you? <laughs> Is he there? Yo, what's up, Tony and Mr. Robin? I hope 2020 is going so far good for you guys. It's uh, so far so good. We haven't been bombed yet. Uh, I don't want to hide under the desk. Jim Kenny just was uh, re-sworn in to, so he can spend the next two years running for governor of Pennsylvania. Everything's good, man. That's awesome. Uh, playoff games were pretty pretty good. I, I, it's just sad that, you know, Carson – 
was, you know, he busted his butt all season, stay healthy, playing all 16 games. Yeah, I know he was a little banged up during the regular season. Mostly all teams players are banged up. No, for the most the part, though, for the most part, he went through a 16-game schedule without missing any without any missing any time. I mean, he played the whole thing. And then that's, you know, does that make it? But, you know, but the problem is when he got that shot to the back of the helmet, you know, some of it's his fault because he got dives. But he wasn't diving for the first down or anything. He wasn't like a yard away. Because remember, on fourth and one, third and one, nobody's better than, I mean, Brady obviously was great at it. But Carson Wentz was one of the best young quarterbacks who you knew was always going to get it on a short yardage situation, whether it was third and down, third and one, or fourth and one. And so he was leading with his helmet to try to go over the line and get a first down. And this was one of those situations where he always seems to dive head first. He dove in L.A. trying to get into the end zone for the touchdown, which caused somebody to hit the side of his knee and bust up his ACL and MCL. But guys tear ACLs and MCLs what just running. You don't even have to have contact to get injured in most sports these days. So the injury yesterday, was it a cheap shot? I don't think Jadavian Clowney, even though he has a history of doing some stupid stuff. I don't think he purposely, you know, decided to make a last decision, last second decision. I'm going to put my hat on this guy and bury him. You know, it was just an unfortunate situation. There should have been a flag. And the fact that the referee, Sean Smith, later said that he, he didn't see enough evidence to warrant a flag. I mean, that's ridiculous. He called other, he called pass interference calls and he called roughing situations on things that weren't even as close to, it's not even about the intent. The, the, the rule is helmet-to-helmet will not be tolerated in the NFL. And he allowed helmet-to-helmet contact with a quarterback. You know, when a guy falls for a fair catch, and you saw it yesterday, and some dope comes down and just pushes the guy and not buries him, yeah. what do you get? You get a 15-yard on sportsmanlike conduct for, not, uh, for interfering with a fair catch. How is putting your helmet in a quarterback's head not a penalty? Exactly. And, he, by the way, Darren Lancaster um, – of he he was um, part owner of Thin Optics, which we still love. But now he is um, with um, the sock company. But he also just started another company called GoSleeves.com. GoSleeves, not Sammy Sleeves. No, he wants to talk to us more about it. So I'm really excited to hear about it. But he says. Super sad for Wentz and Eagles Nation to not know what might have happened. Should have been a penalty that wait, the, the no hit, doubt about it. that's the least. But there still, been. wouldn't have changed the fact that McCown did all he could to make that happen. Catch the ball, Miles. No, but even Jason. No, no, no Josh McCown after the game took that. He said, "I got to make a better throw." Yeah. On the wild Miles Sanders played near the end of the game when they they were trying to drive him. They had some good drives going, and that just stalled because they couldn't complete a pass to Miles Sanders on fourth and four. And, Jay, you know, Josh, Josh McCown, A.J., as you know, has been around the league a long time. His post-game press conference last night was sincere, and it's impossible to rip a guy, you know, who's out there thrown into the situation where he knows he's got to be ready to play when you're the backup quarterback. And he made a bad throw. He makes the right throw to Miles Sanders. He may get into the end zone, and there may be a chance. But once that sequence ended on that fourth and four, you know full well that they weren't going to get the ball back again, stop Seattle again, and then try to score again. It just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't meant to be because they weren't good enough. I to- I totally agree. And Russell Wilson, wow, you know, another gr- great game. The only second time in his playoff career where he threw for over 255 y- yards and won. But but the real story is DK Metcalf. My God, oh, yeah. seven catches, 160 yards, and a 53-yard touchdown in the third. And you but know here. 
here in Philly, everybody's mad when they see Terry McLaurin in Washington and DJ Metcalf. And, because remember, if you go back, when they go back and look at this draft, this was without a doubt an absolutely stacked wide receiver draft. And then when you got, you know, DJ Metcalf, who still, as he said in postgame, has a chip on his shoulder because there were eight wide receivers taken before him. And so that's one of the motivating things for a lot of young athletes. You know, they keep seeing him, themselves fall. A great player at Mississippi. He's tall. He's got all of the things that you want in a wide receiver when you're looking and scouting and seeing, hey, is this guy – and he played great at Mississippi. So it's not like he's playing in some small school that nobody gets to see. And so when a guy like that drops and becomes the ninth receiver in the draft and has a monster year like he does, you know, inside you say, you know what? I'm going to go out there and prove all these other suckers wrong that they made a mistake. And now he's happy to be in Seattle, and he's a young, young emerging star as a rookie. And that's why fans uh, in this town are upset because, you know, J.J. Arthago Whiteside, I'm not giving up on the guy. You know, his first year was not very good. You know, they couldn't even incorporate him with all the injuries and make him an important part of the offense. But they've been bringing guys off the practice squad, and they're going crazy. So, obviously, the Eagles need a lot of work. They need to get their middle linebacker, their, not just their middle. They need to get their linebacking core straightened out. They need to get the receiver situation straightened out. I'm not worried about Carson Wentz coming back from a concussion. He hasn't had a bunch of them like some players do and have to finally quit for their own good and the future of their family and the future of their, of their, uh, their, own, their own well-being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get you. Uh, quickly for the other games, uh, that Texans-Bills game, that was unbelievable. I, I felt sorry for Bills, man. That, that's the heartbreak breaker. But in the end, hey, you got to capitalize. you got to score touchdowns. You can't settle for field goals. By settling for field goals, you're letting the other team possibly come back. Deshaun Watson, I don't know how he escaped that double, you know, double teams bouncing off and then making that completion in overtime. That's unbelievable. Uh, Saturday night, I was happy. Good for Mike Brable. The student out coached the t- teacher, and I loved it how he turned the tables, running clock off, knowing the rules like Belichick did back in week seven against the Exactly. Jets. Well, you live by the door. Sword. You, you think, first of all, there's no way Bill Belichick, and I appreciate you checking in, there's no way Bill Belichick hates Mike Brable. I mean, that's, that's like your kid. It's like having a son. You know, and your son goes into the same field that you do. And then your son excels and becomes really, really good at what he does. You feel good about, you know, your your students. You're a teacher, and you see your students, you know, graduating magna cum laude, which most of my students did, but but mostly the females. The men never did, but the females did. So I'm sure Bill Belichick, as a rivalry situation, Absolutely. wanted to beat Mike Rabel, his student, his former great player. But you know what Mike Rabel learned? He learned the Belichick way, not to cheat. He didn't cheat. He knew the rules, and he utilized the rules to his benefit to help him beat the Patriots and not give them the football for an extended period of time for a chance to beat him. So Mike Brable, to me, is the coach of the year because nobody was able to make a – nobody made a bigger decision to switch quarterbacks when you had your franchise quarterback in Marcus Mariota that early into the season and say, we've got to change – people, people down there in Nashville, they wanted Mike Brable fired. They were giving up on the team. You know, Nick Kale and all my buddies down there in Nashville, they were like, what the hell's going on with this team? People wrote them off as dead. They thought Marcus Mariota had nothing left. And then Ryan Tannehill, off the trash heap from Miami, comes in there and just goes crazy. And he had pieces. He had Derrick Henry, and he had a good coach. Good coaching and good players. 
You can quote well, me on this one. Let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite Well, you yet. know, you got to have it. you got to suck dicks <laughs> if you got a good coach, a good quarterback, and a good, and a good running back. And wide receivers, by the way, who catch the ball. Now that was Dean coming back on. Uh, he must have stepped away for a second. Somebody who is coming back on, who we have not heard from in a while, and who would like to remind us of a very special 10-year anniversary today. Is this breaking news? This is the official archivist of the Tony Bruno Show. Is it archivist or archivist, Robin? Let's go to the it's, man himself. It's either or Either or there? Either or either. Either, either. either. <laughs> potato, potato, archivist, archivist. He is, without a doubt, Jim from Cheltenham. Jim, how you feeling, buddy? How you doing, Tony, everybody? Happy 2020. Thank you. 2020. It's hard to believe it's 2020. As Hugh Downs once said with Barbara Wawa on Friday nights, we're in touch, so you be in touch. <laughs> but just don't touch me, because I'll sue your ass. I was telling Rob, said, 10 years ago this, uh, this month, you did your first show with Harry Mays. Was that 10 years? Mary, this How do you, you keep did, you track did the, of this? <laughs> you did the In the Night show at 10 o'clock, but you did a special show for the local states in Philadelphia at noontime. So on noon, what was the year now? Let me write this down. As January 2010. Was it January 6, 2010? Yeah. Let's go. Now let's put the – Robin, write it down because – Oh, you know, it's funny that G- Jim remembers it. I know. But, but I don't – I remember it. It's week sometime. Because I don't know the exact date, but oh, okay. it's the second week of January. It's amazing that Jim knows this stuff. I don't know it. Harry, I guarantee you, doesn't know it. Yeah. Robin doesn't know it. But Jim is – that's that's well, how Jim, deep his knowledge need, is. We need to actually bring Jim in and so that whenever we're saying mark the tape and all that, <laughs> he's the only one that would actually be able to keep track of it all. You knew Harry, but you never worked with him before. Yeah, no, I knew Harry. Actually, I think the first time I met Harry was in Vegas. Yeah. When we were out there, Robin and I were out there for one of the big fights, and then Harry was sent out because local radio stations in big markets like Philly 97.5, you know, they had a contingent that went out there, and they get a, you know, they get a show from Chicago, New York, Boston, all the main cities to go out there and do live shows, and that's where I met, that's where I met Harry for the first time. But this is the first time we actually did a show together, and you have the tape? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Jim? Yeah, well, you, and also your producer was Timmy Mack. That's a great big shot now on ESPN. Tim McManus, who, who is was now. in the studio here one night, and was not, hysterically not, funny. No, that wasn't Tim McManus. What's the matter with you, Robin? He was your producer on that. I know, T Mac was our first producer yeah. when Harry oh. and I were there. And we had a whole series. We had Tim, you know, we had Nick Kale was a producer. And then we had the guy who was down there with the Atlanta Braves oh, okay. who came That's into the I'm studio just... now. What's the matter with you, Robin? You're right. You're right. You're right. What's his name? Kevin. Um... I can't think of his name now. The disgrace. But anyway, I know Tim McManus, and Tim McManus is now a star on ESPN, at yeah. ESPN. And I, 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 I dare, to, dare I say, I weaned him. <laughs> I didn't make him, but McAlpin's. I gave Kevin McAlpin. Kevin McAlpin was another one of the producers who went to Atlanta and now does the Braves game, post-game, pre-game show. So the bottom line is if you're a young talent, male or female, regardless of race, religion, color, or creed, and you have worked with me, chances are you have moved on to greatness. And for that, I'm very proud. Well, one day you did a, all you guys did a live remix. I don't remember this. Yeah, well, we'll play it so that we can remember it. Basically, you took everything that was on your board and put it in with a song. Oh, a drop-in remix. Ah. Yeah. But a live. We didn't go into a studio and pre-record it. This is live. This is live. You did just off the rail, you know. This was not a remix of the ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Yeah. 
Let's go to the tape now, Jim. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim from Cheltenham, the official archivist, going back, back into time, 10 years ago today or this week or around this time, early in the new year. Crank up a little Spencer Davis, man. Is this an epic Friday to commemorate Scott Van Pelt at Sports Center again? What don't you understand? I'm a man. I am a man. What don't you understand? I am a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. Thank you, Jim. I got to put my hands together. That can't for be the first man. time that you guys were ever together. Because it sounded like you guys had already been knew each other for a while. No, I met Harry and not. I met Harry in Vegas, and when you know what, what happens in Vegas stayed in Vegas. <laughs> I never actually released. But he was talking detail. about the Jug Handle Inn. No, that was a live national remote. That was that was a local show. You were on that. That's when you were on twelve o'clock locally, and then you did your ten o'clock show nationally. Right. So that was the morning. That was the daytime show, not the nighttime national show. Right, yeah. right, right. I knew okay. that. But it just—it sounded like you guys already knew each other. Oh, well, he knew him for a couple of years because he's when Tony used to come in from Philly, um, Los Angeles for Eagles Week. Right. He did for maybe three straight years. To, Harry had the show right after him. Yeah, no, I oh, knew Harry. I never worked together first, as a pair. Oh, this was the first in studio when oh. you had moved here show. Now, this was the first. It's the first time he worked with Harry. He okay. knew Harry, but then he never worked together. It's gotcha. when Harry met Tony, actually <laughs> earlier, yeah. and then we had an orgasmic moment in the jug handle when the Tony Bruno yes. wings special sauce. That was me sauce. in the background, and everybody said, "I'll have what she's having." Exactly with the special yes. sauce, yeah. not G Love. That's a different special sauce. Yeah, that's great stuff, Jim. That's amazing that you have that stuff. They were fun days. Yes, they were. They were the good days. The bad days. What was that movie? There the, were good times. The good, the bad, and the other. Oh, no, the, no, no, no. Ragtime. Remember the movie Ragtime? Oh, yeah, the I love that. Great music. The bad times. Ragtime. I don't mean when it's that time of the month. Oh, I mean, Ragtime is, a, you know, I mean, it was a great now. movie. Do you remember that movie? That's yes, a classic. Right? It's a classic. It's a fan. You know, I, you know when it's Ragtime around your particular household if you have a female around. <sighs> but hey, listen, I don't, Do I don't you make have to that. Go there? I didn't make that up. I mean, I, it's not my term. 
I didn't come up with it. Yeah, but you do like that term. <laughs> it's not, you didn't come up with it, no, but you funny. like it. I hate to tell stories out of school, Jim. When yeah. Robin and I are in the supermarket, this goes back to when we first met Years. and we get, re- became a couple. Well, you've done this with pretty much every every close female yeah. friend you know. Oh, Knight Rider. Whose walk-up sound is that? Oh, that's Rebel Man 9311. Man, I love Rebel Man 9311. That's a great walk-up you sound. You remember that, the uh, Knight Rider, Jen? Yes. Of course. Yeah, I remember that one. So Robin and I, I go into a supermarket, and we're doing our shopping, and we know we know the aisles, so we don't we don't go from one end of the store. We know to work, you know to work the aisles for that. We don't have a list; we just know it from memory because we're good shoppers. And, you know, good shoppers save money basically. Get the coupons out. You know, you yep, stand yep, in yep. line, you get people pissed yeah, off. Yeah, I know. Get, so anyway, every time I we love everything about it. Well, who doesn't? That's Kbri ninety six walk up sound. So whenever we go into the uh, feminine hygiene roll uh, uh, aisle. I always say to Robin, do you need rags? <laughs> That's one of my go-to questions Isn't in that Isn't that aisle. romantic? <laughs> there you have it, folks. And what man hasn't said that to his wife, his girlfriend, or both at one time or another? Hey, honey, you need rags? He's so sweet and thoughtful. That's romantic. It doesn't get any more. Oh, that's, that's caring about the, the, the bodily health the reproductive functions of a woman. It's reproductive health that I care about more than these uh, people, these politicians. No, it is uh, non-reproductive health because you do not want any reproduction happening anymore. Jim, it's only, hopefully we see you soon, buddy. I hope you're feeling better. I, I, five weeks from tomorrow will be the first day of pitchers and catchers. Five weeks from tomorrow, so Tuesday. What's the actual date for pitchers and catchers? February 11th, ladies. Tuesday, February 11th. Let me write this down. Tuesday, February 11th, pitchers and catchers. And then, of course, Robin and I will have to go down and head to Lenny's for breakfast and then have Dean tell me that Lenny's sucks. And you're still going to the Super Bowl, right? We are going to Miami. Yes. We will. It is now official. Let me, let me lock it in. Oh, boy. You going to drive down there again? No, no, we're flying. I ain't yeah. driving to Miami. We drove to Atlanta. Yeah. Because we were broke AF last year. No, it was easier. No, it was easier. Equipment. We had a lot of equipment. Yeah. We're and not I don't want to spend two hundred dollars, you know, filling up the uh the undercarriage of a plane and be pay ridiculous we have amounts. New equipment this year. It's a lighter, and fresher, fresher. To, um AJ in San Antonio, we have a really great box. What's oh, in that's the box? Great. Yeah, so we oh, have what's in the box? We have got less it all, equipment baby. this year. We got it all. We got it all. Jim? Always okay. great to talk to you, brother. Hey, take care, Tony. There he is, great. And just give him a roaring round of applause once again. Nobody provides more content. <laughs> and nobody in my entire career, I can say this without any doubt, has yeah. provided more content for the soundtrack to my life. You know, we talk about listening to music. It's the soundtrack of your yes. life. So regardless of what era you grew in, you'll always remember the songs when you were a teenager, when you were 21. You know, when you were 30, when you were 40, when you were 50, all the way through. The soundtrack, and, and I, I don't remember which DJ, whether it was High Lit or Harvey Holiday, uh, Joe Niagara. A lot of the d- local DJs back in the day, when I listened, obviously I listened to music as a kid, and I wanted to be in radio, and I wanted to be a DJ. I never thought I was going to get into news and journalism and sports. And so everybody wanted to be a DJ when they were a young kid. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was cool. You turn the radio on, you hear these great songs, you say, man, I'd love to do that. And I got a chance spin a little it, bit. Spin the but then I, you know, then I realized that as much as I like that, 
that profession, that part of the profession would eventually go away because one of my jobs, it was automated. The radio station was automated. Right. And this is back in the, in 69, 70. So I say, you know what? They had voice track guys out in California uh, laying down voice tracks, sending tapes to radio stations, and they would have to have somebody in there to, to sit there and just watch the tapes and change the tapes. That was my first job, watching the tapes, saving the tapes, and then inserting myself for a local newscast and weather update twice an hour. So I just wanted to get into the business. I wanted to be a DJ, but I saw the sign earlier. I saw the sign as the ace of bass once sang. I right? saw the sign. And so I had an opportunity in news. I studied it in school, journalism, political science, important things if you want to be in the news business. Nowadays, if you want to be in the news business, you just have to convince somebody that you can have hot takes and not care about facts and get a job at Fox or the other uh, uh, MSNBC, CNN, the uh, the other left-wing sites. Or you can go to a white right-wing place. And if you have the right agenda, you can work at those places and, and credentials be damned. Who needs college? Who needs journalism you classes? Who needs political part. science to, to make opinions about politics when everybody's got one just like everyone's got an asshole? You learned how to do the four W's. Damn right. Who, what, no. where, when? Five W's. Five W's. Oh, why? There's a why, yes. I hate to do it to you, Robin. I haven't Who, done it yet. What, by, by where, the way, when, why? we're almost why? two hours in, and I have yet to drop a bump, bump, the bump for the first time in 2020. Almost went two hours. There's five Just W's. Shy. All you young journalism, and, and, and Dean pointed this out, and he's absolutely right, if I could be humble for just a moment. There, you know, we talk about coaching trees. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Bill Walsh tree, Steve Mariucci, Andy Reid, Mike McCarthy, all these guys who were, you know, were coaches' assistants with Mike McCarthy. I mean, with uh, Bill Walsh in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They went on, had great, and now those guys spawn Andy Reid, spawning a lot of coaches. Bill Belichick, the Bill Belichick coaching tree, you see with Mike Rabel and, and, my, and Patricia and all these other guys. There's a Tony Bruno broadcasting tree, too. Absolutely. Speaking of which. Um, we got to get Tim McManus on the show. We do week, need to right? get Tim McManus on the show. Not but to come in here and kiss my ass. That'll just be part of why he's coming on. Um, one <laughs> of the reasons why they have made the Tony Bruno sh- award at the BSM Summit, which is being held in New York this year. That's right. We went to L.A. last year, um, and I will be announcing, by the way, yes. in the next couple of days. It's going to come out. Who is going to be the recipient of this year? Well, he's not going to come out, he or she. No, 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 but it's going to be announced, we're going and then you'll be there We're personally. going to release and unsheath the 2020 winner of the Tony Bruno Award. Let me show you what it looks like. Let me whip this out right here. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Our fits just your your. <laughs> Our Fitzgerald just fell down on the floor. You mean Larry Fitzgerald. What did I say? You said R. Fitzgerald. I meant L. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. This trophy right here, named in my honor last year. No, it's not the BDSM Summit. It no, is that's, that's, that's actually coming up this weekend in Las Vegas. Oh, with the, yeah, that's the, you know, the annual yes. uh, electronic show. You know when they bring out all the new gizmos and stuff? They have the big AEC. And then there's the BDSM. And then, of course... My favorite award show. The only award show that I actually like. And that, of course, is the AVN Awards. The Adult Video News Awards. But coming up in February, after the Super Bowl is all done, this baby right here, multi-purpose. Forget about the Belk Bowl and the Red Box Bowl where you get free rentals when you win the game and they give you some hideous trophy. This is Crystal. This is Lalique, I believe. 
Is this Lalique? Maybe. I What's don't know. What's the other big crystal companies? Uh, Obviously, the one uh, that everybody goes to in the stores. Well, What's Lalique? that called? Lalique is yeah. more this type of crystal. But then they have the other ones. Swarovski. Swarovski crystals. Robin, I'm a dude, and I know more about crystals than you did. Well, that's because I'm not a huge jewelry This isn't person. jewelry. Crystals aren't jewelry. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, have yeah, shand yeah. $5 million chandeliers. Okay, here the fine crystal retailers, Waterford, Waterford. Swarovski, Riedel, Namb. Or no, no, Nambi? Nambla. That's a different kind of N-A-M-B-E. Uh, N-A-M-B-E. Nambi? Nambla? No, and Nambla. But we can't Marquis talk about it. Marquis by Waterford, Mikasa, and Lalique. Mikasa e Sukasa, bish. There you go. Lalique. I always like Lalique because it just sounds yes, nice. Yes, it sounds. Lalique crystal. Yes. It's like French. It's French. We. Oui. Lalique. Isn't that the league where isn't that where women go get the breast pump stuff done? No, that's la leche. Oh, so it's the same thing. La leche means the milk. I know. <laughs> Speaking of Selma Hayek, oh Ew. she could feed an entire neighborhood. Damn. Yes. She's been hot. They were for golden globes for sure. And last I don't night. even watch it, but Robin took a picture of it, posted it. You know, everybody was posting Patricia Arquette who looks like a bag lady that just walked off Ugh. after a couple of tricks on Hollywood Boulevard. And then Selma Hayek, later on, was really, she was the real MVP. I know. Go on to my Twitter, uh, Twitter page. At Miss Robin at Austin. Miss Robin Austin doc, uh, on Twitter. And um, you will see both the, the, the various globes, the, the two major globes that were on display last night. One, not so good. Nah, and then Patricia Selma Hayek. Arquette's nuts. Not, again, listen, she can say whatever she wants. She has the right to do it. But if anybody thinks that she is not beyond psychotic, yeah, she's a little out then there. you may be beside her. Anyway, she's a little so let's get it back to the trophy, Robin. Let's get it back to the Tony Bruno Award. So, yes, so that's Second annual. Be now, I had nothing to do with the voting. There was a list of finalists of all the up-and-coming stars, the future of sports radio. Because I'm not the future of sports radio. I'm the past, and I'm not here to talk about the past. But, you know, I like to pass on what I've learned in the industry I like to help young people wherever I've worked. I'm not going to read the list of all the people. Because I don't even – I, I just keep seeing people. Like my buddy, Mr. Jubal. You weren't around for Mr. Jubal. No, I was not. Mr. Jubal was a young kid. Not a young kid. He was like 21 years old. And he was one of my interns at Fox Sports Radio in L.A. when yeah, I moved like out there. he's like in Montana or something now, right? No, he's in, he's in Seattle. So anyway, he worked in L.A. with me. He was a help assistant producer. Then he became a, a, a comic – and he's done stand-up comedy. Jubal Flag is his name. He's done stand-up comedy. Then he went to Seattle and does a morning show with a woman up there. And that show is now syndicated. Yeah. So he's on in Seattle, and he just added uh, Mon- a station in Montana, that's one of the morning I, so shows. That's what I yeah, he added, yeah, he added a station in Montana. But that's what happens when you start a network. You have Seattle, and then I think he's in Portland. And so I see Mr. Jubal, Jubal Flag, and I, I see the pictures. I see the press releases. The only reason I knew this is because – there's a Google thing that we have that anytime my name is mentioned and yes. any time the name Tony Bruno is mentioned, and many times it's a, other Tony Bruno. Yes, <laughs> and some right? of that's astronauts. How I, that's uh, how I found out that there was a murderer named Tony Bruno. Well, there should because be. I a, mean, come on. He had escaped or something <laughs> like that, and it says no Tony, relation, by the way. <laughs> it says Tony Bruno escaped from maximum security or wanted for <laughs> no. There's like a Tony musician, an Italian rap guy, Tony yes. Bruno. The general manager of the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim yep. was at one time. I don't know if he's still there. So there's a lot of Tony Brunos, but there's only one Tony Bruno media guy 
who has an award named after yes, him. Yes, and so here, these this is the the BSM Summit. Um, if anybody wants Barrett to Barrett Sports Media, not BM Summit. The, uh, Although there's a lot of BM spread there. Tickets are available for $224. No, but this is for media people only. You, the general public cannot right, go to this. Well, if you want to learn about it, no, you could. No, you, you have to be a member of the media to oh, do this. okay. Well, they're not taking people okay. off the street. You think they're going to allow somebody like Dean into the BSM Summit? I don't know. Tickets are tickets, but... Um, no, this isn't the, the Academy third, Awards. The th- this is more important. Year, last year, there were only two awards, and then the third award was announced this year. So the three awards that are being given away, um, the Mark Chernoff Award. The Mark Jeff- Chernoff, the great program director mm-hmm. at the Fan in New York, one of the pioneers. So that's the one that was added for this year. So that will be the best, the top program director. Correct. Um, the Mark Chernoff Award is delivered annually to the local sports radio program director who displays strong leadership skills, creativity, multi-platform excellence, and constant consistent ability to generate great ratings. The Jeff Smolian Award, which was already announced last year along with yours, is given annually to a deserving radio industry executive. Correct. Who is led by example, taken risks, produced results, and made significant difference. And then, of course, the Tony Bruno Award is presented annually to the national on-air personality who has increased their profile and cut through the noise on multiple platforms by offering a unique, unfiltered, and authentic approach. I like that. Who wrote that? I think I did. <laughs> no, no, that was not you. So I think tomorrow or Barrett, Wednesday, Jason Barrett will make the announcement. Correct. Even though the award ceremony and the summit will be held in uh, New York City in Fe- what's the date in February? We got to start. I got to get. I got to go to the dollar store after the show. Get a calendar. Get some cal- I don't have a 2020 calendar. I got to get a 2020 calendar on my wall. I can't exist. It is uh, February 26th and 27th. February 26th and 27th in New York City, baby. Mm-hmm. We'll be selling $30 pizzas in Times Square afterwards to try to make some and extra it's money. Being, uh, it's going to be at the Citigroup Theater. By the way, I Theater. love there's a countdown clock on the website, BarrettsBSMSummit.com. So it's 50 days. Wait, don't don't screw. Sorry. Fifty days, eight hours, fifty-three minutes, and twenty-six seconds from now. You know we got countdown clocks to everything. We got countdown clocks to the Academy Awards, to uh, Armageddon. You know we got the Doomsday Clock that never moves. Thankfully, there's a lot of clocks. Did they finally post your acceptance speech? Because that was freaking hysterical. I was nervous. It was so And you know me, so Robin. Funny. And I, I'm consistent with this. That's the one thing I always want to be. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've always hated award shows. Now, I'll go back, you know, being old. I remember when, like, Johnny Carson or uh, Flip Wilson or who's the other? We were talking about this last night. The actors who used to host the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah. The old Steve time, yeah. Martin. Johnny Carson, Rich Little, you know, guys who went out there and were funny, you know, there were entertainment. When you used to watch award shows because you watched the TV shows, whether it was the Emmys, you saw the movies because you like movies. People still like movies and still watch TV, but there's so much out there. You look at most of these awards, they're not mainstream shows. They're all on cable outlets, which is fine. Like, there were no over-the-air ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox shows, for example, that got nominated for Emmys this year. It's all Netflix and HBO and Hulu, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But the award shows in the last 10 years, all of them, all of them, 
have not become about fans sitting at home and watching, you know, their favorite actors and actresses go up there and, and say thank you to them for watching your movies and things like that. It becomes a, a, a soapbox for actors, vapid, most of them vapid, know-nothings, who are great at reading scripts but suck in real life when they have to become themselves. And again, not because I disagree with them, but I think people, just like this show and just like any kind of entertainment, you go to the movies to get away from the real world, right? You go to sporting events because it's entertaining, even if it's frustrating. It's still your escape from the everyday real world. This show doesn't change the world. This show doesn't have any agenda. It's about having fun, enjoying life, laughing every day. And the bottom line is, the problem with award shows is that they become soapboxes where we have to listen to people just because they're all sucking each other's dicks on stage and telling us how great they are that I then have to listen to what they think about worldviews. I don't give a crap about their worldviews or even my worldviews. I don't give worldviews on the show. I just give city views. And they're pretty good. You have like a $500,000, I can get you into a nice plus spot. With, with beautiful city views, Robin. And you know I like city views. But anyway, Robin's running the montage. No, I was just looking to see if uh, the acceptance speech was on there, which I don't was know. really, really funny. But um, I guess it's But anyway, the award will be announced. The Tony Bruno, and then we'll have the banquet, and then we'll uh, pick up some chicks on Broadway, get some tourists out there. I'll pose with Batman, <laughs> Superman, and, of course, the naked uh, Latina chicks. Oh, yes. Always pose with them. Yes, the Naked Cowboy, eh, already done him. Tired of the Naked Cowboy. <laughs> you dressed up like him. <laughs> I do. This is, I, I will never, I will probably never post it unless somebody offers a lot of money. But I do have a photograph that I took one time. Um, Tony has a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and, and nothing and else. And assless chaps? No, I don't think you're wearing anything else. I, and you have your back turned to me. And you're, like, leaning up against the fireplace. I don't remember that picture, Robin. I'll have to find it. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's been a while. <laughs> we're, uh, we're supposed to end this at 3. Oh, I know. But, but as I even, said, I we said earlier. We didn't get to any of the Florida well, stories we're going to do that. Nothing. I want everybody to know that the one thing about this show is we control the horizontal. We control the vertical. And, you know, because we've been doing, like, for example, on Mondays for the last four months, we had to do the Monday show yes. here, and it cut it short because I had to pack up. Robin and I would pack up the car and go over to Landmark Americana and do our Monday night doubleheader, mm-hmm. second show, countdown to the Monday night game. So now that the football season's over, and we're not doing any of those you know, remote location, like Toll Man Joe's on Sunday. Yesterday right. was the last because the Eagles season is over. And then on Thursday nights at Screw Balls, you know, the Thursday night games ended, and that ended. So we don't have any of that stuff in the immediate future. So our main focus... We have a laser-sharp focus right now on doing this show every single day. Yes. Monday to Friday. But we might be Weather chill- permitting. Now, of course, if there's school cancer, if there's like a dusting of snow, and I can't make it out of the bedroom and down two steps, two floor, and people are, people are not able to tra- pick hard. the crash, the people, they didn't salt my streets yet, and I want to go out there and make sure I don't, nobody falls on my sidewalk and sues my ass, it would only take that kind of act of God. Okay. That will keep us from doing this show. No. Like the post office. Well, Robin. here's the thing. We really need to cut it down to two hours um, b- for the most part. We can go over, you know, if, if we feel like it. So that's not a big deal. But I even but said in the preview on, on when I tweeted out the show, 
one to three, we're giving it to you. Yes. But if there is any reason to go into double secret overtime, an untimed overtime session, we will get. And in fact, we're 12 minutes into that we overtime are. We session. We are, and we haven't even gone to any. We've of got the, and two. I have two and, and I want people. Sources. I want people to hang in there today because we have two Florida updates from Miss Robin. Our Florida update. She's like the old Anita Bryant, the Florida sunshine orange juice lady, until they found out that she was a racist. Remember Anita Bryant? She was like Miss America, and then she became the face of Florida orange juice. And she was like, you know, back in the day when it was up with people where the halftime shows and all this positive stuff. Now everybody's a negative and nobody cares about positive shit. So you're the Anita Bryant now of dispensing Florida sunshine. And let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you stay with us. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we have Hold your on. first. I'm, I'm stretching it, Robin. You're stretching it? Well, that's, that's what, that's what I said the other night, but then it didn't have to be stretched <laughs> anymore, and you know what happened. <laughs> I called the Roman guy on TV with the long hair with his son. Uh-huh. You see that dude? My, we're Roman. And, you know, I used to worry about this stuff, but I got my dad who's a hippie freak with long gray hair and a ponytail, and we can fix your dick, guys. Just buy our shit. We can fix your hair, we can fix you up on top, and we can fix you down there. Whatever you need fixing. There's only two parts that matter in a man, up here and down there. Up here, there's usually not much. Down here, uh, sometimes there's not enough, especially as you get older. That should be the approach if you're giving, if you're doing uh, commercials for male enhancement products. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not Frank Thomas. I can't get out there and have a couple of cuck wives with their husband sitting in a gym telling me how good I look. And then reminding the guy that their wives will like it, too. That's so creepy. You just tell these people, hey, your dick can't get hard. It happens. Take this shit. <laughs> you got to be blunt. You got to be honest. I know. That's you you got to be like Ricky Gervais. Well, that's Jervis. how come we were doing the we're, we're, We have the Manscaped commercials that we exactly. do st- stuff for. Well, because never, you know, I you love to, the fact that they're just like, yeah. this is for your balls. It your used balls to be taboo. It used to be taboo to talk about grooming yourself as a man. Then we, uh, what happens is instead of just easily transitioning into, you know, men didn't do anything with their bottoms, we became metrosexuals. That was the transition, remember? It was guys getting their eyebrows done or did. It was metrosexual stuff. Annoying, dorky guys looking like women up here. Their eyebrows getting plucked and they're getting waxed. And listen, I don't care. You want to do that? Go right ahead. Down there counts more than up here to me. Well, actually, both of them do right no, now. No, I mean, no, I get it. Well, like, if you're all scraggly, you know, you got the, those those flyaway eyebrows. I get that, look- but I'm not going to go to some salon and have somebody wax me. No, you're just going to trim it yourself. I'm not going to have it waxed down there either. And so well, we no, went to Well, no, I went through all this no, because but, that's but the not point a good is idea. The, men that were doing, the men that were doing the eyebrows and stuff, and you can tell as soon as you see. The, the thing about grooming is if it's obviously so blatantly not natural, you're just drawing attention to people who are going to make. that male and female. I, exactly. But it, it's obviously you're drawing attention to yourself. And by the way, nobody's going to say, damn, your eyebrows look on fleek today, brah. They're not going to say that. Now, AJ in San Antonio is confirming that the manscaping crop cleanser is phenomenal. And it is. The, they, they've done a fantastic job. So, by the way, if you go on to uh, manscaping.com. And this isn't even a commercial. We're not doing no, no, a commercial. No. Well, we, we have them that run um, right. because you recorded one. But isn't it manscaped.com? Manscaped.com um, and put in the code Tony. Or no, 
Is it? No, it's Bruno. Excuse me. Yes. Put in the code Bruno. You will get um, 25% off, I believe it is. Now, Dean purchased one. He said that Manscaped razor, blade razor is awesome. AJ in San Antonio, the crop cleanser is phenomenal. And now they have an Eric Swalwell line of crop dusting products. No. If you want those. You want to crop dust somebody on national TV? You get the Eric Swalwell manscaping kit. Bean, and a complimentary of sp- case of Beano will be added to any purchase. Speaking of if things you use that the you code should not be listening Swalwell, to. you get Beano at no additional charge. Just pay separate shipping and handling. Speaking, speaking of <laughs> fake, <laughs> let's go down to Florida. Well, there's not nobody fake in Florida except well, Dean. In this particular case, there is. Let's go to our Florida desk lady. You've been asking for it. You wanted it. You, de- you demanded it. You can't live without it, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the first time, like at a wedding, for the first time now, as Miss Florida 2020, it is time we go down to the Sunshine State with your friendly Anita Bryan correspondent, Miss Robin. Down to Florida, we welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. And now here she is, clean upstairs and downstairs. The carpet doesn't exist, so it doesn't match the drapes. Miss Robin. Dateline. Oh, where was it? I actually don't even remember. Are it you is... serious right I now? Know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on. Palm Beach, Palm Beach, Palm Beach. Well, Dateline, Palm Beach, Florida. Now, Tony... Have you, if you heard somebody screaming, help, let me out, let me out, what would you do? I would go help and let them out. Or call 911. Well, 911 is a joke, except in Oaktown, of course. But, I mean, if you hear somebody screaming for help over and over again, sounds like a little. Yeah, you're going to call 911, you're going to say, what the hell's going on out there? Yes, well, that's what happened in Palm Beach, Florida. 911 is called, the police were called out to a neighborhood um, in the Palm Beach County area. And when they got there, there was a guy working on his car. And they're like, um, He's out in the driveway. Yeah, Do down you have the a driveway. Boat? You can it looks see like here. one of those Luigi cars, right? Uh, yeah, it looks like a little mini. And in just the like background, Luigi. <laughs> you could hear. And uh, should I just play the tape first? So yeah, that you play can the tape. So now picture this. We have the video, by the way, so you can watch this. If you're on Twitch and you're watching this, there's actual, bo- it's obviously a camera that's mounted on the side of the house. Yes, it was security camera that caught the police arriving because they got a, um, a phone call stating that there's an old woman who sounds like she's screaming for help and that she can't get out. Now, let me point this out. This guy's got his uh, mini with a wheel off. So he's, he's changing one of the tires or working on his brakes because he's got tools all over right. the driveway. The mini is the front, the driver's side tire is off and laying down. And then all of a sudden, he calls 911, and no, this somebody is... Somebody neighbor calls 911. Well, yeah. Somebody calls 911, and this is how it actually transpired. So yes. listen and watch closely. This is incredible. I hear that sound a lot. <laughs> Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Wait. Here come the police. Rambo. Uh oh. Uh oh. 
with Stallone in his house? He's calling for Rambo. Shut that damn dog up. The dog's annoying. There's the old lady screaming. There's Rambo, so... I'll turn this down so you can just, because by then it's just, but hold on. So the dog's barking in the background, which is not the parrot, by the way. There is another dog. So the cops hear this, yes. and they think it's a woman because somebody called them and right. said there's a woman screaming. Mm -hmm. And then the guy who gets up and as he's working on his brakes, and his dog starts barking, he gets Rambo out. Hello. Hi. Hello. So... But here, now here's my thing. So it's, it's funny, right? That, that it's it was a parrot, parrot was saying, help, help, No, it sounded like a parrot was getting banged what? by three guys on a train. No, they were running here's a train. the thing, though. <laughs> Parrots learn from the sounds around them. So if the parrot is saying, help, But she wasn't saying out. help. Yes, she's saying, help, let I me out. I want to listen to that again. There is no way that sounded in any way, shape, or form like help. It said, help, help, and let me out. That's what you can hear. Not right what I heard. Okay. What I heard sounded like the soundtrack of a Brianna Banks movie. Listen. I don't hear help. That doesn't sound like help. Okay, hold on. I'm going to back it up again. See, let me out. Help. That's not help, Robin. Yes. It's help. I want to know out. from the people listening and watching on Twitch, and the, does anybody hear the word help in there? When you hear that sound for the first time, be honest, Robin, you already knew the end of the story. Nobody, when you listen to that without knowing anything about it, it sounds like somebody's getting their brains banged out in a house. Okay, that's true. But the let me out, you can hear it right at the beginning. Here, one more time. Right there. No, but then there's. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All I was missing was an eye. Eye poppy. But I want to know what's going on the rest of the time in this man's house that his parrot has learned to make those noises. That is my question. That's what it sounds like more than it does a parrot saying, help, help me. That person didn't need help. That person needed maybe another volunteer to walk in. Yes. Like the times oh. I used to call my friend Johnny out in California. Oh. Help, I need help. Come over oh. to the house right away. Let me out. Ay, papi, que rico. Dame más, dame más, dame más. Now, Tony, do you want me to save the next Florida story for tomorrow? I don't know. I want to see how good the kids are. Okay. What are the kids doing today? Now, I do have somebody on hold that I have no idea who Let's go to one more phone call. I'm feeling a little extra generous today. I'm going to give go, you a little, little, little extra. Let's go blind because I have no idea who it is because I was in the middle of a Florida story, so I could And by the way, the our buddy David Conrad in Vegas dropping a lot of Brianna Banks. You know, Brianna Banks and I were really good friends, Robin. Not, I did not know that. Yes, I have multiple pictures with her. I have videos signed. I have one where she envelops me with her, with her dress. I don't. I did not know that. How did I miss thing. these? You were. It was way before you. Yeah, I know. 
Otherwise, I would have remembered. I would have been taking the pictures. <laughs> that is actually the uh, AJ and Santa. That's the soundtrack of the AVN Best Picture of the War of the Year a nominee. Just so. I think imagine, Best Double Anal. I think that was part of that. Can you imagine one. living next door to that though? Hearing that all day long. I would want to be there when the parrot's learning that. Although I saw the dude, he was sitting there in shorts in a driveway working on his brakes. I doubt he's banging something super hot in that house. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Let's go but to the phone. Who Who's is this? The... Because we have no idea. This is S. Falcon. How you guys doing? What's going on out there, Steve? Steve. 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 Uh, uh, it's cold. Not much going on. Not that busy, man. Not <laughs> that busy. What's the temperature in Detroit today? Uh, 41 degrees. That's not bad. It's the middle of January. It's not early. It's early January. You should have 16 feet of snow. There should be at oh, least twenty-five no, dead that. bodies no. strewn into the snowbanks all over the city. Is that going to is that going to stop the uh, the uh, RoboCop uh, statue uh, unveiling ceremony with the weather? No, no. Hey, that's yours. I've already given it to you. You want it, it's yours. <laughs> well, we got the Rocky statue here, you know, and Rocky obviously the symbol of Philadelphia only because the movie was made here and he's a fictitious boxing right. character. So I love it when cities put up statues to fictitious movie characters, but then take down statues of actual real living human beings who've done something. By the way, I, I just really quick before I close this page out, that parrot, by the way, Rambo. Rambo. 40, Rambo. 40 years old. That Dude. parrot was 40, 40 years old. He inherited uh, Rambo from his parents. <laughs> and Stallone heard about this, and he's now going to go back and film Rambo Last Blood Florida, no. and then he's gonna. And there are actually more people will watch this parrot video than went and saw Rambo Last Blood, the last piece of garbage that he put out last month. Stallone. I haven't seen that movie yet, so. I, uh, mo- I my, that's what most people say. I just think that's hysterical yeah, that he so. inherited the bird from his parents. So that means that that, that the that's... parents were banging like like uh, like what do you call them? What's the term I use? Like band? No, not not banshees. They no, they were screwing like rabbits. That's another, oh, okay. you know, because rabbits have a lot of sex, right? What well, animal has... The, no, it's not that necessarily that they have a lot of sex, it's that they have very quick sex. Well, most animals and have quick sex. And then they have sex. babies re- really fast. Because no, what, it's yeah, what are the animals that like, have the most sex that just are insatiable? Well, I think rabbits do do it often. Yeah, because rabbits, get, when you say they screw dogs. like rabbits. Well, because the fact they have a low, uh, short gestation period, meaning that animals normally don't just have sex for fun like humans do. And dolphins. Correct. They and 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 but they just do it when they reproduce, and because they reproduce so often, that's how come they have more sex. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about animal sex today. It's crazy. You know who has the best sex? Who? Apparently, pigs. Pigs have. Well, they're pigs. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently, the female the female orgasm in a pig lasts like right half now? an hour. Wow. Half female an hour? pigs. What? Are you are you watching some bestiality porn? I mean, what is going no, on? this is just information I have in my brain that sticks no, for some no. reason. Are, are Half you, are an you hour. Are the limo driver and uh, trying to look at bestiality porn? I mean, what's wow. going on with you? Hey, listen. I'm worried about you. I love that that song. My one of my favorite songs is "You mm. and Me." What's now? Who did that one? The, the, the something gang. Yeah. Who? Uh, not the Sugar Hill Gang. They did great. Do music. it like animals. Well, no, 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 no. Like they do it on the At Discovery Adam, Channel. Yeah. You and me, yeah, baby, we ain't got nothing in common, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Something like that, right? Something yeah. like that. Good karaoke there. 
Thank that you. is great karaoke. No, that, that was a cappella. Karaoke EA requires a bad. says it's okay. Bloodhound. The Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound Gang. Thank you, EA. Not EA Sports, where, of course, as you may remember, I was the voice of Madden in 05, 06. T. Conrad in Vegas involved. says, keep questioning, Robin Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to leave Robin alone. She's been through a lot. But, man, bestiality porn, Robin? What is going on? That's not bestiality. I just have, no, I have anatomical information. No we watch no, a lot no of nature shows. Yeah. We watch Animal Planet. No, what, okay. To be fair, this was something that came up on a previous show at some point or another where we were talking about length of orgasms, and I somebody asked, you know, what animal has or, the longest or, or, any Anything, human, animal, whatever. And I looked it up, and the longest orgasm is for a female pig. Really? Yeah. They have I don't orgasms. know about that. I met a couple of women they in L.A. They have orgasms that, that last at least half an hour. Now that's... Okay, Robin, quick question. <laughs> Do you fake your orgasm, and what was your longest? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What is this, Dr. Phil or Dr. Drew? Well. He brought it up. He brought it up. Or Dr. Ruth, actually. <laughs> she's still alive, by the way. Which is I know she's Dr. Ruth. Last time I... We were going to have her on the show. I know. Um, But her, her schedule didn't... She has, like... Uh, it was going to be on the end of the night show. I've got to find my and tape. And so bo- I'm going to do when, they, when we get snowed in this winter, which rarely happens. On those cold days after the show, I'm going to go through all my tape, my, my boxes of all oh, these tapes that the I box? have. I want to find the Dr. Ruth actual tape that I recorded off the air on WYNY in New York City in the 80s when she was on every Saturday night and was the, like the number one show in New York. And then she syndicated, but she started doing it in New York. And she gives it it's the greatest phone call ever in any radio station ever. A young woman, and it may have been a prank. It didn't sound it. Called her and wanted to know. She said, I'm about to get engaged. This was the question. The doc, Dr. Ruth, I'm about to get engaged, and my boyfriend wants me to perform oral sex on him when we get married. I don't know how to do that. Can you explain it? And she goes into an absolutely straight as an arrow, blow by blow, so to speak, description of how to perform oral sex on live radio. It is absolutely the greatest call-in By the ever. way... Yeah, has nothing. I just, I just, to, just to see if I could find it. I look up Dr. Ruth oral sex instructions, and the very first thing that comes up is Dr. Ruth explores bestiality and oral sex. Well, I <laughs> never got into the bestiality of sex. I'm telling you, I have the tape of this phone call, and it is drop dead hilarious, unintentionally hilarious. This was before prank calls and the jerky boys, and you know, uh, what are these guys on TV? Uh, they're really popular now, doing the pranks on people. I can't think of the name of those guys. They're really good. They're, they're a bunch of Jersey guys. They do a good job, though. Hey, uh, do you still get uh, Blind Mike to call in? Yeah, he calls in. He tweets all the time. Blind Mike and you know I go back and forth. Does he work for Barstool? Does he work for Barstool? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he wrote an uh, article. I guess he's in trouble with uh, Portnoy. He wrote an article, and Portnoy is just... He's just pissed. It's on YouTube. It's on their YouTube page. He told Blind Mike if he doesn't get rid of the article, he's got to come. Uh, either he gets fired or he's got to kiss Dave Portnoy's feet. So basically it's another promotional for the genius. Dave Portnoy is a promotional genius. I mean, nobody. That guy, that guy for a non-radio career guy realized there was a void out there and basically jumped on it and is now a genius. I mean, Barstool is genius. 
they basically did what I was doing. They basically started doing what I was doing 25 years ago. Uh, but they do it much better, and they have a lot of people to help them. Where are you, man? Yeah. Where are you? Uh, I'm at school right now picking up my niece. Do you have a restraining order to stay away from the school? But are you, are you uh, within the right area that you won't get arrested for being in front of a school? Yes. Yes, I do. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, older so guys, middle-aged guys sitting in front of a school nowadays, you know, you never get, you, gotta get, you can't be too careful. It, it has to be suspicious. doesn't matter. Are you a suspicious-looking guy? Because, Steve, you're one of the few people we've never seen a picture of or met. I, li- I like to think I'm Batman. Okay, well... I'm Batman. But all, but all the, uh, the wind and everything on your phone is... is it really blows, man. Yeah, it really does. It really blows. So we're going to have to let oh. you call back some other time. Okay, guys. Take care, Steve. There he is, Steve. <laughs> See, this is a family show. This is a show where you could go pick up your niece at school and call in. You could have your parrot... Sounding like he's getting banged with a chick in a room. This is a show for the entire family. Yes. It's an education. This is more, this is actually more, this is better than PBS, NPR, all of those instructional TV shows during the day, all those videos you see, the how do it, the DIY and all the stuff. You're not getting that stuff here. I wonder if this is the same blind mic that calls into our, I mean, I would assume it's the same blind mic. I don't how, know. how old is this story? Is this new? Yeah, I guess. It, I, well, uh, 17 minutes ago. Is this breaking news from the blind mic desk? Is it the same blind mic? I don't know. Blind Mike, if you're listening, you should call us. I have no idea. Because Blind Mike listens to a lot of sports shows. Yes. He just doesn't listen to us. But he mostly listens to uh, local stuff. I don't know if it's the same. What does it say? Where does it say he lives? I don't think it is the same. I don't think it's the same guy either. Because Blind Mike is part of, of uh, the morning show up there in Boston. Yeah. Kirk, Min- what's Kirk Minahan, I guess. But I don't anyway. think it's our. It's I don't think our friend lives up in the in the uh, in the Pocono Mountain, actually near the Scranton area, Strasburg. Right. That's right. where he lives. Not Steven Strasburg, of course. But uh, that's not the same Blind Mike. I don't think. I don't think so either. No. But you know, if it is, hey. And not third bl- eye blind, Robin. Were you a big third eye blind guy? Gal. Gal. Guy, whatever you want to identify as today. I'm identifying more as a man today. Sometimes I feel like a woman, but then I usually have to go to karaoke bars and sing it and do it live. And you've usually had to have a couple drinks. Now, Tony? let's do our other Florida update. Should we right? do it? Okay. Yeah, because we'll have Florida updates coming out the yin-yang we will. already. We will. Florida, there's one thing that's certain in this world. Oh, we didn't even play the Ricky Gervais thing. There's Does one thing that's absolutely certain in this world. There will never, ever, ever come a time when there's not when there's when, when we're looking and desperately trying to find florida stories florida stories find us yeah, people ask me where do you find them and i keep this is my answer i don't find them they find me it is so easy the florida stories are are tons they they are not few and far between they are all over the place so kirk menahan who i don't know i mean i, I don't know all the boston guys i know the guys who were there a long time ago i don't know any of the modern day guys He's part of Barstool. Was, he was part of a morning show. I think they blew it up and they got in trouble. I don't remember. But uh, he's working for Barstool now. But he's not blind Mike, no. I don't think. No. Okay. Okay. Now, let's get back to the uh, to Florida update. We Florida. have another Florida update. Flo- another Florida You've update. You've been asking for them. You want them. You, you hassle Miss Robin all the time. You accost her. You abuse her. You, uh, you should be called out for Me Too violations. But she doesn't. 
and she does them well. Down to Florida. We welcome you to the sunshine uh, Tony Bruno? State. Yes. This I'm is Florida gonna, part two. This is, uh, yes, the sequel. part two. Let's go down to Florida. Let me introduce the story the way I wrote All it, Robin. Right. Forget about Popeyes, KFC, and Chick-fil-A. We present you the holy grail of chicken. Let's go to your chicken correspondent, a woman who once ate chicken livers every Sunday morning when her mom put the onion in the pe- frying pan and fried up them chicken lizards and kidneys mm-hmm. and all the other beet parts and the feet and the beak and all the other stuff. Your chicken lady, who's no chicken legs, Miss Robin. Well, Tony Bruno, you know that there is a chicken war going on, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, There's all kinds of wars. Is Popeye's better? That's why we have to kill these chickens so that they don't come back and attack us. Exactly. Well, and you also know I'm an eBay queen. I love buying, finding steals on stuff and, and buying it used rather than full value. I prefer to just rant, you know, ambush a store, grab a bunch of jackets, and run out without getting arrested well, myself. There's also the Facebook counterpart. Uh, of eBay that's called Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace. Yes. Is that near the Reading Terminal? No, it's just wherever you are. You can Speaking sell of stuff chicken livers and gizzards well, and stuff. Well, yeah. you can pretty much sell anything and in in lieu of the uh, going down to Popeye's or something, you can now go on to the Riverview Residence Melinda Britt Disbrow. What? Under Antiques and Collectibles, her Facebook marketplace, she is selling Tony Bruno. What? She's selling me? No. I'm she not, is hey, listen, selling. I'm not expensive, but I'm reasonable. She is selling an unusual something for a couple thousand dollars. So it's is one. This price. is one item now. Yes, one this item. This isn't a new blind of chicken sandwiches. Yes, no, no, or, no, no, no. This is, you know, very Florida. It is a manatee-shaped Chicken tender, folks. Oh, look at it. There's a picture right there. It is a chicken tender for you to enjoy, and it is not used. Unused It is, it is an chicken. unused now, we've chicken seen, tender. You now, we've seen all the, the baby Jesus and the Mary and Jesus' face in toast and French toast and bagels with the Virgin yes, Mary. It is a... Now, if you if you need one of these in your life, who doesn't need a manatee-shaped chicken tender? Now, but this is even better. It is a piece of poultry, and she has called it tender. The name is tender. <laughs> not tender. That's not no, her tender. Not tender. That's Luigi's tender yes, handle. I think it is listed as being in new condition, and. <laughs> Drizbo, the woman. What's says, her name? B- Bizbo? Drizbo. Oh, no. Dr- Dizbrow. 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 Oh, Dizbrow? Dizbrow. Not that brow. Dizbrow. <laughs> so, this is how she says she discovered this amazing, amazing miracle. Did she, did piece she of bread chicken. it herself or did she no. find it? It just miraculously it, appeared. It appeared she had a hectic work day at the dental office. After the holidays, she needed a little fuel to get her through the day. She went to Culver's. Which is a Culver's, scru- yeah, Culver's across not the Culver street. City. That's where uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, uh, gets gets nailed with the uh, legal handguns. And she was yeah. really hungry, so she she thought chicken tenders would hit the spot. She's eating them. So eating these were pre cooked. So she didn't go and no, buy no, no, a package. No. She didn't go like she, the Purdue in the counter where there was on sale. 
and brought it home and battered it itself. In the box. After she she satisfied some of her hunger, in the box, she looks down, and this was the last piece. No. The last the piece. The last. It's a, it's a Christmas remaining. miracle. It was. It was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> she discovered tender. Tender the is ten, a night, baby. The tender, the Christmas miracle chicken tender, uh, and um, she decided that she was going to put it on on marketplace for you to be able to purchase. Let me see. I wonder if it's still on there. We have a satisfied comp- customer, by the no, way. No, the item is not available, so it must have been sold. No. Oh my gosh. I hate when that happens. I was there would, a pay it now, buy it now price? I don't know, but she said it was. She was selling it for a couple thousand, thousand. That, how much would you pay for that, Tony Bruno? I was willing to go twenty five hundred. What was she asking for? What she was the asking price? Thousands of dollars. So no, I don't do you, know. you got the price on there, Robin. It doesn't say. She said that. A Florida woman is selling an unusual possession for thousands of dollars. But if it's sold, don't we have to know the actual retail price? There's no follow-up. It doesn't show. Let me see if I can find a follow-up. That's a bunch of chicken shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We have one satisfied customer who did once buy in Culver's as well. Yes. In Culver City. And who's that? You have to bring the machine up. So I'm up. a nitwit. That guy. Oh, yeah. Well, he would buy anything. He's easy to get fooled. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a strapper. Let's be honest. Luigi says, tender, I barely knew her. That's Scrapple Joe. What the cluck is wrong with this woman, says Luigi. Well, I, I come cheaply, I but know. not early. Now, yes, it, d- it depends. Like I wonder now if somebody purchased it or if she just got hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> decided to eat tender. And just, you know what the sad reality is of this? I guarantee you people were inquiring about this manatee-shaped oh, sure. Because you look, I don't know if she doctored it. I don't know if it's Photoshop. I don't know if it's real, if it's CNN fake or Babylon B parody. You can't tell anymore. I mean, that looks legit to me, Robin. Can you put the picture okay, here. up one she more time? She listed it for $5,000. Five grand. Are That's you kidding was, me? That was it. It was listed for, but let me see. Well, if the guy had sold. the banana with the tuck, duct tape and called it art, and wouldn't, didn't he spend like 200 grand on it? I can get a banana for 15 cents at Trader Joe. She listed it for $5,000. Is she crazy? But even more crazy is if actually somebody purchase it even even if they purchase it for 10 bucks that's still not 10 bucks now if you were to buy that say you were a connoisseur of fine art and you love really rare collectibles such as this item why would you buy it to eat it wouldn't you enshrine it in glass and have it humidity controlled look when we went to the constitution center you know how they have all the object they art like all these copies of the declaration of independence they're like air controlled. The humidity level is perfect. Wouldn't you put that in a place where it could live forevermore? Would you varnish it? What would you do to keep it in its absolute pristine manatee condition, Robin? You have to put it under shellac. You have to shellac that puppy. I like to, I, you know, I got plenty of shellac where that comes from, Robin. <laughs> That's I, I can put a nice glaze on that baby right now. Hey, baby, let me glaze your tender. <laughs> I thought you would like to cream it. Oh! Speaking of that. <laughs> hey, baby, notice your tender looks like a manatee. 
How about we take a little dive underneath and see what's down there? Hey, is that a manatee looking like a chicken tender? Or are you just in South Florida visiting? I really want to know. Like, does anybody know? I have not been able to find it. Okay, I have a follow-up. This is actually kind of brilliant. I, I got to give her credit for this. So wait, this, wait, there's a, there's a follow-up? There is a follow-up. Because uh, yeah, I hate when there's no ending to a story. I want happy endings or even sad endings. you got to no, have an No, this is actually kind of bad. So Melinda Disbrow posted it as a joke, um, but, now, but she said that she hoped that the post would bring attention to the plight of the manatees and the need to protect them. So that's actually, that is a brilliant, brilliant marketing, uh, if you call as it. As long as she doesn't lecture me on man. Listen, you know who, you know who screws up manatees? The people who have boats in Florida, primarily, where they are, mm-hmm. and you see these poor, they're gigantic, and all they're trying to do is swim. I know. And then somebody comes flying by in a speedboat and hits the back of the manatee. Now, they survive. In fact, some of them over do, yeah. here, yeah, some of them do. I mean, the ones that do, that get heavily damaged, they bring them into aquariums. Right over here at the former Camden Aquarium, now a Denture Aquarium, because mm-hmm. nobody wants to have an aquarium say, named Camden, Camden Aquarium. So they call it Adventure Aquarium. Because it's an adventure just to try to get to it when you go to camp. No, it's a great aquarium. We've it been is. there. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful aquarium. aquarium. You know, there's a lot of we. I mean, you and I love aquariums. And then when we were down in Atlanta, they had a couple of manatees down there, and those those were all rescue. They, all they rescue were manatees. Yes. Manatees. That so thankfully, no there are people that care about these creatures, and when they're injured, they get saved nowadays. Back in the day, people didn't give a crap. They'd they kill an they animal are, and walk away. Manatees are truly, truly gentle giants. You know they, what they are, they Robin? Right. They're sea cows. This, the cow, yes, the cows of the sea. Right, because they eat only vegetables. They don't have. Don't be, they, they were have cool. Teeth. They were vegan before it was cool. They were eating vegetation before the sanctimonious douchebags at the Golden Globes announced that there was not going to be any meat products served yeah. because they were saving the planet as they were flying into L.A. in private jets, driving up in seven thousand million dollar limos, wearing millions of dollars worth of jewels and clothes pumping up fake tits and every parts of their bodies so they can sit down and pat themselves on the back and kiss everybody's ass. Which brings us full circle. Which brings us to the reason why last night's Golden Globes, which I never watch, because, A, I don't know any of the movies involved, just like the Oscars. But Ricky Gervais has done this for years. This wasn't his first rodeo, so to speak. No. But he did bring a rodeo burger just to put it in their and faces, too. Neither one of us were interested in watching it at all until we saw Ricky Gervais's name constantly being popped, and he was trending on Twitter. Well, no, I saw a promo because, you know, you watch the shows on well, NBC yeah. during the week. Commercials. And so, no, the promos. There were promos of Ricky Gervais basically telling you what he was going to do. Because if you follow him on Twitter, which I do, he, was ba- he basically calls out. Now, I Everybody. don't know if it's a shtick, but he calls out all of these sanctimonious holier than thou, I know more than you because I make a movie where I play make-believe and have everything made with CGI behind me. But when you talk to me in real life, I have absolutely nothing to offer you other than the same bullshit that my other clueless friends in Hollywood who live in a dream world tell me what to say. Well, before you go any further, we should just really let him say it in his own words. And I don't think that this is shtick because he's been doing this for years. But there's no doubt. Let me just uh, clarify this before. There's no doubt that they knew he was going to do this. Do you this think w- they knew? Absolutely. As, as did they, I mean, they knew that he was going to be 
disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. What he's doing is saying things that other people like to say about award shows. The biggest problem with award shows, as I mentioned earlier, is back when I used to watch the Academy Awards, and it was Johnny Carson or Steve, uh, uh, what's his name? Martin. Steve Martin, Martin Short. They were fun. They were entertainment. You don't, you don't need lectures from, from athletes, whether, whether it was something you agree with or not. I don't need to be lectured about anything when I'm watching you because I already watched you in the movie, and I'm happy that you won your stinking award. Nobody's happy that I won my stinking, stinking award. I don't preach to people about what I believe in because I won a stupid trophy. Which, by the way, it's Crystal, so it's not really stupid. It's an honor. So don't give me, don't preach to me. I watch your movies to get away from you in your real life because your real life is screwed up. You're a drug addict. You're a loser. You're a pedophile. You're a rapist enabler. So well, keep that stuff to yourself. So let's go. This is why I love Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Not because I agree with him, but because he did what needed to be done. And I guarantee you, when the ratings come out for this show, it'll be the first award show in a decade that got a blip on the radar because people avoid these shows like the plague because they don't want to be preached to. Um, well, I don't know if it's gonna if, if the ratings will go up live, but it'll go up after people watch it later. Yeah, more people. Uh, uh, here's another thing I guarantee: more people will download this opening monologue than yes. than Patty Arquette's big fake boob sunglasses stoned out of her mind. Coke and we're going to play the entire thing. A lot of times when you look it up online, you're only going to get the two-minute blip. We're, we're gonna giving give you, you the entire eight minutes because oh, eight it is minutes, baby. brilliant. Yeah, if you didn't see this last night, again, you don't have to agree with him. I know a lot. there's a lot of sanctimonious people on Twitter. That was disgraceful. I mean, what a time. We, we got the fires he in Australia. So he was no, so this mean. One, I got to rip this one chick, though. Can I you gotta, rip afterwards? No, because I, I, I saved this tweet just for this. This is, oh, here it is. This is Lorraine Ali. Lorraine Ali, who writes for the Los Angeles Times, shockingly. She's a TV critic for the LA Times. Media, formerly Rolling Stone and Newsweek. And she's a board member of the Peabody Awards. And so this is what she writes about Ricky Gervais last night. And by the way, she's not alone. Quote, the Golden Globes mood was already sober thanks to an impeachment threats of war with Iran and Australian bushfires. The last thing anyone needed was Ricky Gervais there telling them that they sucked. No, honey, as Joe Biden calls everybody, no, Lorraine, honey, that's the best thing that these people needed in these times of trouble, to be told that they really do suck. Take it away, Ricky. Hello and welcome to the 77th Annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais, thank you. Um, you'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking, I never did. Um, NBC clearly don't care either, fifth time. So, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. <laughs> Lucky for me, the Hollywood foreign press can barely speak English. <laughs> and they've no idea what Twitter is. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So, yeah. 
remember that. Um, but you all look lovely, all dolled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no. Shush. It's her, it's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, lots of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone. Uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... <laughs> Baby Yoda. Uh, oh, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, <laughs> I love you, man. Don't have me whacked. Um, but tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. <laughs> He's coming for you. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year... It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes... <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Many talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, <laughs> fifth time. So, we were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, Maybe next year. Let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> no one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win. Everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, okay? <laughs> and it is. Spoiler I love that alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> you had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right. But m seriously, most films are awful. Lazy. Remakes. Sequels. I've heard a rumour that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that would just be Meryl Streep going, well, it's got to be this one then. <laughs> <laughs> All the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. Have we got, a, have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. <laughs> no point. We know he'd win that. Um, Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> it's tiny. True. He says it's true. <laughs> right. The Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, 
that, it was. My, my, it was great. Uh, long, but amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long. Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So, <laughs> Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. <laughs> you're nearly 50, son. Um, <laughs> the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. <laughs> he was also in the movie Cats. <laughs> no one saw that. Um, and the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... I can't do this next joke. <laughs> because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg and licking her... Did they, did they bleep that out? Yes, they did. Uh, could stop it right there, Robin, if you can. <laughs> Furball, furball. She's old school. I think people got what they caught. I can't believe oh, yeah. they cut that out. I know. It was a joke about laying down no, on the floor lick, and licking her own uh, asshole. No. Or pussy. Yes. I just wanted to make sure that we're not editing anything. We're not keeping anything no. secret. We're, we're not the And one. how dare NBC bleep that out? Such an important visual for Let's people finish. to see. This okay, is, go ahead. Continue. Is, this was released by NBC. I know. So I know. On YouTube. I'm joking. Go ahead. And so we're giving credit where credit is due. This yeah. is NBC. Thank you, NBC, for just yes. editing out one thing, at least. Um, <laughs> it's the last time. Who cares? <laughs> oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama. Yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right? Come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And so, it's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. The first award is for best actor in a television series, musical or comedy. To present the award are a couple of actors off the telly. What can I say? Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. All right, let's get rid of these bimbos now. That was brilliant, ladies and gentlemen. God, and here's the best part of that, Robin. Are you, can you bring that down, please? Thank you. The best part of that, I was going to put rim shots in there, but I wanted it to no, be raw and real. Except they, they edited out the part where we said, go after yourselves at the end. So just you know, pick up your award. go. Out. But the best part, if you haven't seen it, is to watch the reactions. Yeah. You have to download this and watch it. Well, uh, if, you're, if you're on any social media and you look up the Golden Globes 2020, just the memes alone that are left. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, 
Oh, uh, Tom Hanks was as uncomfortable as the media well, at the Bill Belichick post-game press conference. I actually know part of the reason why. I mean, yes, he was making some faces, but he was also high on uh, some kind of uh, uh, cold medication. So he could. Well, that always hear, makes it more entertaining. Yeah, so he was. It was all. He was all over the place anyway. But the, here's the bottom line: the fact that there are people, media people, who cover Hollywood and who whose existence is only there to suck up to these people. And again, I, I respect greatness. If you're a great, I could never act. I could never be as great as any of these actors. I could never in a million years take classes. So I respect their great ability to be somebody else, which is incredible. That's a talent. I do it all the time. The, I'm the exact opposite. I know. I can't be somebody else, which is why I can't act. I can only be me. Let me be me, as Randall Cunningham once said. But the thing about the acting community is it's the self-absorption. Yeah. And again, I, don't, I have no problem with you winning awards. You do a great thing. But just your, your because peers. you played a doctor or you played a, uh, a an army, a soldier, or you play, does not mean that you actually know what the real people are going through. You do not have the right, like you don't have more knowledge just because you played them on TV or in the movies. It's just, it is insane to me that anybody would put Oh, a celebrity's yeah. word and their woke uh, again. They can say, "Listen, I don't deny." They can like say whatever they want. That's what's great about America. That's why people come here. They're not moving to Iraq and Iran. They're not moving to the Middle East or the war zones. We're here because this is the greatest place on earth. Yep. And so the fact that there are so many people who think that this was absolutely the worst thing you can do. In a room full of self-absorbed people who, who make a big stink out of the fact that they're going to be vegan. They're not going to serve any meat. Any meat at the Golden Globes dinner. That that's going to make the world a better Screw place. Screw that. I am so glad that your your nephew and his... That, that piece they, of prime rib the was, other night. No, no, no. Filet mignon. I'm sorry. Filet mignon. It was superb. It was it was. it was so good. It was mignon good. So all of you Hollywood reporters and all of you celebrity slurpers, and listen, I, I, I've met a lot of actors. I've met a lot of celebrities in my life. So I'm not sitting here making myself feel like I'm important. I admire them. They're great talents. Absolutely. And nobody wants to hear me come on here and sit down and start telling you what my political beliefs are because nobody cares. I just give opinions. But the thing about that last night, is the reaction to it, the amount of outrage that how dare he? Well, it made how me, dare? It made me laugh even more, the fact that they were reacting. Yeah, when like it, and it's, and the, Tim Cook of Apple, you would have thought somebody <laughs> just rammed a, a Samsung Galaxy Note deep into his Damn. anal orifice. He was tighter than, well, I would say virgins, but they're not tight anymore either, unfortunately. Oh, I'm writing my own routine here. Aye. <laughs> Well, anyway, we he really didn't want to do that. He really didn't want to do that Dame Judi Dench line. Yeah, you know was, that. Well, no, I don't think he wrote that. He didn't write them all. I don't know. For those of you who have not 
uh, found Afterlife on Netflix, by the way, is it's it's just like that. It's, is he in it? He's he's the star of it. Okay, he, I haven't he seen wrote it. it, he directed it, he stars in it, and it is freaking brilliant. And you would not think that it's funny because of the topic. It's exactly that. His wife dies of cancer, and the guy all he wants to do is commit suicide, and somehow or another he goes on. And it is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You will laugh your ass off and cry, and it's awesome. No, he's and, you know, and, and the amazing thing is. You could disagree with that, but what he did, he did it in front of these people. Oh, God, he didn't go guts. on Twitter anonymously. He didn't go. He didn't call a friend and say, "Why are you a douchebag?" He may not even he's believe. Got, he may not even believe that. He may not. I think what I, I my my thought final thought last night was after all of this, and I was working on all the football stuff and watching the pre post games, is that I wouldn't be surprised if this was done knowing that it's his fifth time. He's done it for five years, but knowing that he wasn't going to do it again, that he did it to raise to, so, so, that, so that Hollywood would appear to be more accepting of the belief that many people who are forced, and by the way, nobody's forced to watch these shows. Right. Many people who choose to watch these shows now, unfortunately, watch it because they want to hear political opinions Ugh. from actors and actresses. But I think, this again, I hate conspiracy theories. Picture this. Ricky Gervais gets the phone call and says, hey, you know, we're going to let you do it again. You know, we're not going to tell you what to say or do, but we would like you to, you know, give him a list of who's going to be there. He knows who's going to – he doesn't make those – they're not all top-of-mind jokes. Exactly, and not only that, they are written on a teleprompter ahead of time. So somebody's obviously put that in. So when the director – when he talks about Scorsese and the guys, the camera's ready to go on. The the, the camera doesn't have to go find them. Right. When he talked about Apple, there's Tim Cook. When he talked about Hanks. So this is all pre-scripted. So the fact that none of these people, maybe a lot of the people in the audience didn't know what the, what the script was, they had to at least suspect it. And the fact that he did promos leading up to it where he was suggesting that he was going to rip them all a new yeah. asshole, and then all of a sudden he does that, people are laughing. Some of them weren't, but the real people who want to get away from this craziness and who think the same way he talked about, whether he thinks that way or not, I don't know and I don't care, but that's what the big beef is for these shows. And you can see it. The ratings for all of these award shows have gone in the toilet, whether it's music awards, TV awards. No, I mean, who wants to Tony watch? Tony awards, Academy being, awards. People being sanctimonious on Again, stage. God bless them. But, you know, it's not the guy who wins a, a trophy, you know, uh, Luigi doesn't have a big show to give himself a fantasy trophy. Most people laugh at those losers. But they're happy, and that's all that matters. Do you have to have a big, big fantasy banquet and bring up a trophy? Uh, you can do that if do you that, want. They would. But the thing that makes it even more funny to me is the reaction of the Hollywood media, who basically lap—they oh. lap every part. They they will kiss and lap their feet to get an interview with these people. And you know me, Robin. I've interviewed a lot they of big-time celebrities. They fell for this bit. Hook, line, and sinker. They yes. did exactly what that monologue was meant to do. They reacted exactly as expected. And the surprising thing is that the director still has to cut to the people that he's talking about for television purposes. Mm-hmm. And to watch some of the reactions, especially, I don't even know who the dude was. The two popes guy, I guess. Remember they showed him? Yeah, he, he did not look happy. No. And no, so he when not. he's doing the pedophile and the Harvey Weinstein jokes... Those hit home to a lot of those people. Uh-huh. I'm not condemning them or, or, or convicting them of crimes, 
But these people don't want to hear what a lot of people think about their opinions until a guy tells them what to think about their opinions and they don't like it. And so that's the best part of this is the reaction to it. The fact, and go back to 9-11. I mean, the whole world. I remember being on the air. I've told the story before. What did people want? I mean, we were grieving. The whole country came together. We were having, I remember going to the Venice Pier the same night after I was on the air all day and gathering with friends and people I've never met before, you know, and praying and hoping that this was not, you know, the sign of things to come. And hopefully everybody was going to be, you know, that they found survivors. Those are the things we used to do in this country when somebody attacked us or when something bad went wrong before we cared about what a politician said and why they're bad and the other one's good. They're all the same. It's like I said about radio. Radio stations are all one big toilet. They just flush differently. And that's what the, that's what the entertainment industry is. You see actors, we admire them. You know, I've met a lot. Remember, I, when I interviewed The Rock, when you were there with me, when he had that movie, Faster, yeah. and I got a chance to do yes. a TV interview Great with guy. him? You can tell that he is a genuine, real guy who appreciates where he came from. You know, started out as a football player, athlete, football player, great wrestler. But you can just see by talking to him. You can see by the mannerisms. He had, he had, a, he had a whole hotel lobby full of media who were on a list to interview him. So he, did a, he proceeded to do one interview after another, right? He and Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. And imagine now, you know, that's a pain in the ass to do that stuff. You're asking a guy to give up a lot of time, but, you know, that's part of his job. He's doing a movie, you go out and you promote it. And he and Billy Bob Thornton couldn't have been any nicer. And I was like number 12 on the list of people to go in and interview him. So you know they've heard the same questions. You know they're tired of hearing the same thing. But they're doing their jobs, and they're being good people about it. Genuinely, not when the camera's rolling and you have the questions, but when you're talking to them between while they're setting up, setting up the camera angles. Right. Those are the kinds of people I re- I admire all these people for their talents, but I admire people better when they're real, not when they're just some phony who uh, wants to make you think that they're cooler than you or better than you because they have limos and private jets well, while and they I, preach I remember, to you what you should be doing with your life. I remember that particular interview even more so um, in hindsight now because my dad was visiting from Phoenix mm-hmm. that week, and we asked, hey, do you want to come? He he loved The Rock in several of the movies and uh, that he had done, had not seen Faster yet, but he see, I, so he tagged along. And Dwayne Johnson could not have been nicer. Like, yeah, because your dad was not part of the media no. crew, but we asked if he could come with us when it was my turn to go mm-hmm. in and do the interview. And your dad said, can I get a – and I, I said, I said, Dwayne, I said, you know, I know your people are bugging you here. I said, but this is Robin's dad, and she, she's really a big fan. We just get one quick shot. And he took a picture with me and you, and then he took one with right. your dad. And your dad was beaming. Oh, man. Beaming. It was one how of the awesome, highlights. How awesome Dwayne yeah. Johnson was as a human, not just as a celebrity, but as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what it is. I'm not saying these people are bad human beings or they tr- mistreat people. I'm just saying the whole self-importance thing, and that I know more than you, even though you know absolutely nothing, that's the part that bugs people. Have your own opinion. Say what you want. But don't, be a, don't preach to, to the people who support you to believe what you think they should believe or think the way you do. That's all all I've ever said. Let people think the way they do, and if somebody says something you disagree with, unless it's vile or... Just don't uh, listen to them anymore. Exactly. Just move on. Move on. Jesus, Speaking of moving on. 
Is it time to move on? It is time to move on, Tony Bruno. We uh, we are now actually. Nobody, I feel like, you know who I feel like right now as we wrap up today's show, Robin? What do, what do you feel like? I feel like Josh McCown trying to run for a first down, but knowing that I don't have that quickness or the quick burst ability anymore that I used to when I was a young runner and could really pick him up and put him down. But I felt that I came in here and gave it 110%. And Robin has followed me all over the place, from L.A. to Arizona to Philly to Super Bowls to all the events, and she supports me every day, and that's all that matters. And that's what it's all about. Just do your best. Try to be good to people. Try to treat people the way you want to be treated. There's nothing special here, folks. This is not you – you don't get training for this. This is called life and learning from your experiences, good and bad. Not everything is bad. Not everything is good. But what we do is we just bring a little levity into your life, we hope. Hopefully, what we do, give you some information, educate you on others. And most importantly, Florida updates. And make you laugh. Because the country, more than ever, doesn't just need Ricky Gervais. It needs Florida. And as long as Florida doesn't dissect itself and float off into the Caribbean, which would make the water actually nicer for the entire state, not just for the, s- the southern part of Florida where you get to the actually, Gulf. Actually, the- if it does that and becomes like an island, I would want to move there even more. No, then it becomes more expensive and then you'd be in the... Yeah, uh, no, we move there first and then allow it to and float then, off. And then have it and sawed then, off like yes. they do in the... Remember the, uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoons yes. where he saws <laughs> off states? You know all the people like, California is going to be uh, come off from the side of the, from the country and go out into the that? Pacific Ocean? That would be awesome. Now, Dean, his last last question from Dean on the Twitch stream, and thanks to all of our Twitch followers. Robin, what's on the back of your computer screen? It looks like a vajayjay. The back of my computer screen? Oh, that's that wood-grained. Oh, it does. Oh, it does look like a flesh-colored vajayjay, kind of. But it's wood. It's it's a piece of wood. Actually. It's a woody. <laughs> it's a woody. It's like your old, you know, your old woodies on the cars, the real Plymouths back in the day. They called them the woodies because they had that yeah. fake wood thing on the side. This is it's it's a it's a uh, I don't know what you call this stuff. Uh, it's like a s- piece of sticker. It's a sticker that you put sticker. on sticker. It's a sticker. But it's like what people do to their front doors when they when they're plain wood and they want to yeah. make the designs. Yeah. And then they uh, well, this was this was a it's a thick piece of sticker that to protect the glass and everything. That's what I have on there. there and in the final thing that Ricky Vernier, veneer, whatever you want to call yeah, skin. There we go. That's Cujo skin. knows. Cujo knows. He does know. Did you that's say skin? That's what it's called. It's called a skin. Skin. Ay, papi, que rico. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. According to the script, which we fired and we adhered to for every single word uttered on this broadcast today, it took a lot of time to write all this material, <clears throat> and hopefully we executed it People to your liking. People don't know how much Tony prepares for a show. It's amazing. That doesn't matter, Robin. You don't go into a movie theater and say, I wonder how long that actor uh, practiced reading that script. It's the finished product that matters. Absolutely. It's not how you start. It's how you finish, to quote the great Michael Vick. In the meantime, we want to thank everybody again, all of our great listeners, our Twitter followers, our Twitch followers, Miss Robin, who works hard and uh, turning the new leaf and turning the new page into 2020, hoping for things Are we just going to start at 2 p.m. tomorrow, 2 to 4, or are we going to still do 1 o'clock? That's up to you, Rob. We'll let the people decide. Okay. 1, 2, start time. 
We're still only going to do two hours. But well, that's what we always say. One to three or two to four, and I, I think two to four might be better. We'll do whatever we want. We're like Jack FM. We play what we want. We say what we want. In the meantime, don't drink and drive. See, I don't just say this on New Year's Eve like everybody else does. I remind you of this every single day. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. And God bless America. It's still the greatest place, maybe in the universe, not just on Earth. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Tony Bruno Show on Bruno Nation Live. Don't forget to subscribe on the Twitch mobile app so you don't miss any of Bruno Nation's hilarity and hijinks because it is definitely must-watch radio. Of course, you can catch the archived audio on your favorite podcast app like Spreaker or iTunes. Plus, if you subscribe via Twitch, you can watch any of our archived videos. We hope to see you back here every Monday through Friday. See you soon.